in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Monday, September 18th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you from the world-famous remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Cards fans, earn your master's in business analytics from the University of Louisville in just 12 months. Our expert faculty is experienced in the industry and the classroom, combining high-quality coursework with hands-on practical experience. They got paid internship opportunities, professional networking, and real-world high-impact learning. To get started today, visit business.louisville.com. Dot edu backslash MBA. We're on the air today from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the United States and beyond. You know what's better? It's the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on the best type of Mike Rutherford Show Monday, which is a post-victory Mike Rutherford Show Monday. we got a win to talk about. We're going to do plenty of that. Cards take down Indiana on Saturday. Sunday went uh, less stellar for my sports fan, but that's okay. We, we'll get to all that stuff a little bit later. Before we do any of it, though, got to say hello to my friend Trevor Kelsey, who is back better than ever, looking good, feeling good. TK, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. Always good Monday when it's a Monday's always better when the Saturday's good, right? Monday's always better when the Saturday's good, for sure. Like, I know, like, our baseball has been kind of iffy. You know, Sunday your NFL wasn't great, but. Through the constants of time, there's always Braum. There is always Braum. Now, before we get into to, to Jeff Braum, I feel like I am because Louisville now three and zero for the first time since 2016. It's been a long time, and I was thinking back in my head, I was doing like the all like, how do we start this season? How do we start that season? And I guess we got so used to it for for brief periods of time. You feel like we were always three and zero, or we were always playing. It's been a very rare thing in either one of our lifetimes for the fighting Cardinals of Louisville to start 3-0 in a football season. So I'm not taking it for granted. I do, however, think that I may have had to have made some sort of deal with the health devil because we've got <laughs> at our house, and you know this already. So on Friday's show, I, I talked about how I came home from radio on Thursday, and poor John had – he was feeling very feverish. He'd thrown up. He kept throwing up. He had a really rough night. And we're like – we're hoping it was just like a stomach bug and all this stuff. And, you know, he was doing a little bit better on Friday. Well – he ends up he, – he's got hand, foot, and mouth disease, which is – I know parents across the, the Derby City listening to this right now are just, like, shuddering. Like, ooh, like your own PTSD. He's got – Now, is that anything like the foot and mouth disease you have? 
No, uh, I haven't seen that joke a million times. Oh, yeah? How many times you heard a joke today? All I've been doing is reading about hand, foot, and mouth for the last, like, three days. And, yeah, I've seen it. He's like, oh, I think you may have foot and mouth disease. Like, <laughs> it's like a million downvotes on Reddit. People are like, kick him out of the group forever. Don't let him come back. <laughs> but so John, poor John has, he had the fever for a little stomach bug for, like, a day. And then he's got just sores like and blisters all over. Like, he, it's bad. It's all over his face. It's all over his hands. It's all over his butt. It's all over his feet. And it, you know it's bad when you look at the Google image searches and you're like, well, these are nothing compared to what my kid has. And we know a couple of doctors, a couple of pediatricians, and Mary's good friends with, with a couple. And she sent them images. Of, and they're all like, oh, this is about as bad as I've ever seen, which is great. It's, it's always great when a doctor says, this is about as bad as, it's, as I've ever seen. So poor John, it was a rough weekend. You know, he's struggling to sleep. He's he's had a pretty good attitude. He still is. It's not like he can't walk or anything. He just you can tell he's scratching at his feet. He's he's very whiny, and it's that's been bad. But what really concerns me is, and I didn't know this until this weekend. I, I remember a couple of friends that had hand, foot, and mouth in their house before. But apparently, it's bad enough for kids. But when it spreads to adults, it's just like the absolute worst. Like I, I had two friends that have had it in the last, I guess, year and a half. And they both were like, I will take any virus I've ever had a million times before I take that one again. Like, I couldn't swallow. I couldn't, like, you know, you get sores all over in the inside of your mouth. Like, you can't eat anything. You can't drink anything. You can't sleep because you're in so much pain. You can't walk. Like, you've got boils on your hands. You have a terror. I guess it starts with a, a bad fever and chills for, like, a day. And then the, the sores start popping up. And they're not that bad at first. But then they get bigger. And, they, you know, they, they pop. And it's just, it, like, you can't do anything. And... I mean, I've seen people who are like, I was laid up for three weeks with this. I missed like three straight weeks of work. So like I'm, and Mary and I are both now doing the thing where it's like, you're kind of psyching yourself out. You're like, Ooh, is that, is that a spot? Is that a, like, is that, and she's starting to feel bad. She's got a, like an itchy, a itchy throat and she's got a little bit of a headache. So, I mean, I, I catch everything now. Like ever since I've gotten the, the long COVID stuff, like I, I catch anything and everything. So I'm just waiting for this to happen. And, you know, we've gotten, I'm like counting the days. I'm like, eh, it's, you know, he got sick on Thursday. It's Monday. I felt pretty good since then. I'm thinking, you know, how far out can we get? And then you read stories like, oh, it was two weeks after my kid got sick. He was totally fine, and then I started getting it. So I feel like I, I'm on high alert for the next, like, month that I'm going to come down with this thing. It reminds me of the second time when, when uh, the family got COVID. Like, Mary, we think, brought it home from a work trip. She had to take to Florida. Yeah, and she that. got it, and the kids got it, and they were all sick for it. And I'm, like, wearing my mask around them and doing all this stuff. And, like, they all get good. Like they're totally fine. I'm like, I, I beat this. Like I'm, I made it out. Maybe because I don't know. I've, I've had this longer. Maybe that's why the antibodies are up or whatever. And then like two days after, they're all feeling totally fine. I get it. So I just, I feel like I, like, it's gonna happen. And I just don't know when. And I'm dreading it. Basically, like the whole. I, I feel like I've. I, I wish I hadn't read anything or I hadn't talked to friends about it because the horror stories. Like my buddy's like, I was dipping my my feet and my hands in Greek yogurt because it was the only relief I could find. Like like I've never like I slept two hours in three days. So I'm like, this is this sounds like the worst thing ever. Glad to hear Greek yogurt has a purpose. No, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's the uh, only purpose. Other than pay John Stamos a bill. <laughs> so I, I my conclusion is this. So where do you think he got it from? School. So there's got to be another kid at school with this, right? Has to be, yeah. So can we find out who that kid is, and we'll, we'll send somebody over there to, to handle that? I and mean, that's the other thing too is you know now he can't go to school for like this week at least. We held both kids back today. Like Virginia was just you know, she was she hasn't had thankfully any like bad symptoms yet. Well, you got to keep her away from him too, right? Because I mean, we t- tried, but like he's I mean, because like, you, you said it was it's, it's contagious. It's right? contagious. I'm so, you, so we you and I can't make out today. 
But besides, if we say, a, I mean, talk about ruining the one thing to ruin a three 0 start. The vibes done. The vibes off. Now. Yeah, I mean, but so yeah, I mean, we're trying to keep him away, and everyone's like, oh, you know, you've got to wrap yourself in bubble wrap. Like, just I'm like, well, we can't. He's one. I can't lock him in his room and just be like, come in every twelve hours in a hazmat suit. So I mean, he's been <laughs> like a hole in the door to put food through to him. <laughs> he's been like all over Mary. He's been all over me. Like I, I turned around yesterday. We tried to get him outside for a little bit. He's got like his fingers in Virginia's mouth. I'm like I'm like Virginia. I'm like stop. I'm like you don't want. So I mean. If, if we're going to get it, we're definitely going to get it. I mean, I think back to Thursday night when we thought it was just a stomach bug and he's starting to feel better and he's doing, like, he's kind of becoming himself. And, like, the only thing that was making him laugh was I kept, like, nibbling on his feet and he was like, more, daddy, more, like, ticking his feet and then, like, kind of, like, fake biting him. So I had his feet in my mouth at one point. So your mouth is the same level as Greek yogurt? Yeah, my mouth's done. <laughs> Save that clip. <laughs> so it, it, you're coming with sores on your mouth. You're going to look like a. Like a two-rate third downtown hook. That's what it's. I mean, that's what the pictures look like. So if if, it, if it's going to happen, it's definitely going to happen. And I um, mean, I'm just I'm I'm trying to soak up the the good days while they're while they're here because I feel like something bad's coming. So enjoy enjoy me on the radio because I may be off for like a week and a half in a couple of days if I can. I mean, people, my, my friends were like, I couldn't even hold my phone. I'm like, how, how am I going to type? How am I going to do anything? And they're like, I couldn't talk for a few days. So I, who knows? This, this, it sounds like it's just going to be miserable, but. This is the price that we're paying as a family to get Louisville football to three and zero. I feel like there in some there was some sort of subconscious thing where the gods of uh, of sports came to me and they're like, "It's been a long time since you've had a a good start to a football season. It's been a long time since Cardinal fans have had something good." Period. We're going to give you at least three wins to start this season, but in return, we're going to need to put you through some absolute health hell. I'm like more, uh, but the, the, the uh, but I agree. It's not it. you; it's your kid. But no, but it's coming for us. Like oh, it, well. it's and when it's when it gets to the adults, it sounds like it's going to be way way worse for it. Like Mary's starting to feel bad. She's like, leave your phone on. I mean, they need you to come home in the middle of the show. So that may happen today. Um, but it's yeah, it, like that's we'll see what happens. I mean, and, you know, we can't have childcare, so it's like just us watching the kids. We both have Mary's got a busy work week coming up. I'm trying to capitalize on us being three and zero and people being excited about football. So yeah, no school, no no help. It's just. Uh, it's not fun, but the cards are three and zero, and that's all that matters. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Of all, all that, all that negative stuff pushed aside. Unfortunately, times are still good. Times are still good. The cards are three and zero. Little sloppy second half, but eh, you know what? Three and the end of the day, three and zero is three and zero, right? I so I called this on Friday that I was predicting a close game all week. I think I said 23-20 was my official prediction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's one thing for me to sit here and, and you know, be like, I think this is going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be kind of a sloppy game. I think there are going to be some tense moments in the second half, in the fourth quarter. But I think we're going to end up winning. Like You lay it all out there, and it's like, yeah, you know, win's a win. I'll, I'll take it. I'll be happy. And I was like, I know that when this process is playing out in the second half, I'm not going to be nearly as calm about it as I am right now. I'm going to be flipping, like, what's wrong with us? Why are we doing this? Do we suck? Like, this is miserable. And that's pretty much exactly what happened as I was watching the events play out in the second half. But I think because I came into the game with that that mindset that we probably weren't going to cover the spread and it was going to be a game that could kind of go either way in the second half, I feel like I'm more upbeat on this Monday afternoon or at least more positive about what took place on Saturday than a lot of people this seems to be a game that has a lot of varying opinions. Like, I, I, you've got a group that is saying, you know, win's a win. I, I'm choosing to emphasize the first half and not what we saw in the second half. You've got people that are like, that was really, really ugly. Uh, I, I think I'm a little concerned about us moving forward. Um, and it's just kind of 
everyone has different things. You get you have people that are combinations of both. I'm more of the I'll take it. Like I, I I'm good with it. I, I choose to think that the good, even with the second half, outweighed the bad. Uh, although there was certainly some bad that we're going to have to talk about after the halftime. But I'm still like, you know, 3-0. and It's what we wanted. We kind of got here the way that I thought we would outside of maybe getting a little bit of a closer game against Georgia Tech uh, than I expected. Now, Boston College is, you know, talking about not knowing what to expect. You know, they go from looking like, hey, worst team in the ACC probably, we're going to pound them, to nearly knocking off Florida State and playing a really good second half. Seemingly, like they found their quarterback now. They figured some stuff out through the first three weeks. Uh, NC State, I don't care what they do this weekend. Like They're going to be tough playing them on the road on Friday. And then you know Notre Dame coming here for that big game, so you know you still you feel like there's a lot more to find out in the coming weeks. But for right now, I think the best word is I'm satisfied with where we are. Three and zero, enough good to feel confident in winning five or six more games this season. But certainly some concern there when it comes to the negatives. Where are you right now after watching this team play on Saturday? I mean, like you just kind of said it, it when it's all said and done. I mean. When you look back at it beyond this week, you're three and zero. It's three and zero. Like this, this week is the only week where you break down that, that how you got to number three. After this, it's just you're gonna look back and go, "Well, we started three and zero." You mentioned you, this first time since the Lamar season we started three and zero. Can you can you tell me all the in, ins and outs of those three wins? Uh, we beat Charlotte, beat the absolute breaks off Charlotte yeah. in in week one, destroyed Syracuse in week two, and then Bleep. destroyed Florida State in week three. Oh, didn't have to didn't have to do much in too much negatives in that one, but still. And then we beat Marshall, but Marshall there was a few negatives. Marshall we didn't play as well in that game on the road in week four. But we started four zero, and then we lost to Clemson. Well, then we didn't talk about that. We'll get to that in two weeks. Okay, but uh, and I mean, it was, it, I was kind of with you with the game. For me, it was a little different because I kind of thought this game would be a little closer through the whole first half. And then I thought Louisville would kind of pull away and win by 14 with like maybe a late touch, with something we've kind of seen them do against Georgia Tech with even Murray State to a degree. You know, just have get the late touchdown, late big play. We saw the big play. Of course, it was in the first quarter. Uh, or the second quarter. I can't remember which one it was now. When Thrash, the first quarter, the big touchdown run by mm-hmm. Thrash. So, I mean, I was – so my emotions were a little thrown off by the fact that we jumped up 21 nothing, and I started thinking, oh, we can blow this out. I was too, yeah. Like, I, like I'm, now I'm like – now I'm away from – you know, us being, I think my predicted halftime score like 14-10. You know, now I'm away from that, and I'm like, okay, we're up 21 nothing. We can, let's just let's just curb stomp these dudes. And, I mean, let's be honest, the onside kick was, I mean, of all the things you can you can say about Tom Allen's coaching, and trust me, I listened to 90 minutes of it in the postgame. <laughs> well, not actually 90 minutes. They're, they're, they had to do their postgame on the phone, so they actually did, they went to a very short postgame show um, this year, this week. But uh, aside from that, the, the one thing you can compliment them on is going for that onside kick. Is, I mean, that changed all the momentum. I mean, you don't we, – we, we get that ball, and we probably maybe – I don't know, we score. Who knows what we do. But th- I think that that obviously was the, was the biggest play of the game. That no and, and the stop, of course. That, the, those, I, I want to take credit for the stop. I'm not taking away from our players. No, take full credit. This is what radio is all about. Good. Well, maybe I should because – in, in reality, that was maybe one of the worst play calls. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk about it. I know. I mean, just uh, I will say this to Indiana fans, and I said this to Scoots. It, I like the quarterback. I did too. The, 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 I mean, I, you're talking about a. I guess he's a redshirt freshman. I guess or he's a correct. Uh, he was a freshman in Tennessee, so maybe he's a true freshman. I don't know technically. I think played, he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, he only played like one game. I think at Tennessee before he transferred. But I mean, if I'm to, if I'm Indiana. Don't think it's the wrong way, Tom. You fire Tom Allen like as soon as you can, 
You bring in a young offensive guy in the Kevin Wilson mindset, I'd maybe look at you, Zach Kitty, over at Texas Tech, the former uh, Western Kentucky OC, and somebody like that, and you put him with that quarterback, maybe get one, maybe get a weapon in the transfer portal. I mean, I use a seven-win team, I think, in two years. I can see that. I mean, I think they could be very – because you need to have that – I use not going to be competitive with this style of coaching. I will it's say, not I, I don't think – and he, he played at Center Grove uh, High School that Taven Jackson did. He played at Trinity a couple of years ago. Trinity plays them. I oh, think did he? They played them earlier this year. They got he's raw, but he's a good athlete. See, I, I actually was going to say, I don't think he's near the runner that Tom Allen thinks he is. Like <laughs> Every time they had a design run for him, it went nowhere. and it was, it was one of the best things that happened to our defense. I think he throws the ball really well. And he, he did overthrow a couple of open guys uh, late in the second half and then at some moments, uh, I mean late in the first half, and then at some moments in the second half. But I think you're right. Like He hangs in the pocket real well. He seems to read the field really well. And I think he's their guy moving forward. Now, he, he also is a guy that I think you worry about. I wouldn't design running, by the way. Just his ability to get out of the pocket. He kept some plays alive, huge, yeah. but he's not. He, he wasn't. Look, I mean, I, I don't. I, I, I don't know. Mar, but. Yeah, I, I don't know what Allen thinks he is as an athlete. But he was. There were a few plays where I was like, yeah, that's, I appreciate it. Thank you for. Thank you for. <laughs> thank you for doing that. Uh, but I, I, I'm with you. I think he's a guy that you look at and you say, I feel pretty good about our future if we can put enough pieces around him. Now, what you get concerned about is. If he showcases more of this ability as the season goes on, and Indiana goes four and eight, and you know they fire Tom Allen and they're not recruiting, he may transfer again. Like that That's could true. that could very easily happen. He does um, at least have the Indiana ties, being Trace Jackson's brother, I guess, or I guess technically it's his half brother because they do have different is dads. He? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I don't think we talked about that last Scoots, week. I didn't realize it too. I, I thought about it, but then Scoots brought it up on we did like a ten to eleven show. Uh, he brought it up, and then I, I kind of fell into the, the rabbit hole, being like, "Well, you got to be Dale Davis tough." And, I, I after the show, I looked it up. Like he's, they have the same mom, but different. Da- Dale Davis is Trace Jackson Davis's dad, and uh, Tavon Taven's dad is actually Ray Jackson, who was a yeah. NFL defensive back okay. and played at Washington. So, mom's got a type at least. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> she likes producing great songs, no yeah. question about it. But yeah, he. I thought he was good. Um, and Jack has no relation to Jake. No relation to Jake. Someone's clear about that right now. We found that out (laughs) firsthand. Um, He does not believe in the mushroom conspiracy. I'm with you. The other thing that I want to say, you brought up the onside kick early, which is is fine. I mean, it did definitely change the game. I I think, you know, I saw a lot of fans as it happened who were like, how can you not be ready for that? Like, you know, you're down 21 nothing. If you go and you watch the, the actual play, like any angle that they have, we were ready for it. Like we did not. Our, you know, our front line they didn't take off back before the ball was kicked. They weren't getting into block. Like they very clearly had had it put in their heads. Like just be ready for an onside. The, the kid just hit the, the perfect onside kick. Like it it bounced perfectly at ten yards. It bounced right up in the air and it went right to the guy who was uh, who, who was the first one down the field. Like it was just a, it was a great kick. And I mean, you, you can't be on full on onside kick recovery mode when it's. You know, twenty-one nothing, and you're starting the second half. But our front line was very clearly; you know, they were told, "We're not breaking back. Be ready for the onside kick." And the kid just you know, he just happened to kick a perfect one. At so, the time, I didn't think this is going to change my momentum. At the time, I thought I didn't either. I used desperate. It reeked of desperation. It reeks desperation when you do that. But when they scored on that drive, and they scored pretty easily, I mean, they scored in like a minute and twenty seconds. Yeah, they did. I was like, okay, like like we need to answer right now. And then when we didn't, you knew it was kind of game on, and that's exactly what happened. And I, I was a little bit disappointed in our. Our offense had a couple of opportunities to to take the ball and really end the game. You know, early on in the third quarter when IU is, is gaining momentum and their fans are getting into it, you had a chance to to kind of quash that. 
and score and, and put momentum firmly back on our side, maybe like kind of calm our defense down a little bit. And that didn't happen. And then late in the game, you had a chance to go down the field and score and put points on the board and really end the game. And they didn't do that either. It took a you know, it took the defense stepping up and making that goal line stand. Which I mean, you're right, just the, the, the play call. I don't know what you're doing. I, mean, I want to take I want to take full credit for the defense, but like yeah, I know. I mean, they did. They made the play. Like that's they you know, did. That's you're right. They did. They I mean, had some help, but they still made the play. And if I'm like, it's always. Interesting, you know, you feel like opposing fans are, when you see their complaints, you're like, man, that's a little, you're being a little nitpicky, that's crazy. Are we that crazy when we go nuts about stuff? That was a game where I put myself in the shoes of IU fans, and I'm like, oh my god, I would fire this guy into the sun immediately. I mean, they had on that last drive where they're so desperate to stop the clock, they they had used their two timeouts on one, a, a third and 14 play in the third quarter, where they had the ball, and he drew up like a screen pass. That we stopped without any difficulty at all. I mean, that's what everybody runs when they're dead. When it's like third and they called like a timeout to set that up. You though. always run screen jets. Yeah, what everybody does. And then they, the, he, Allen used his second timeout before that fourth and one play where he called. I, I mean, a a running play where the quarterback dropped back six yards before handing the ball off. I, I mean, either give it to the you know the running back at the one yard line or just do the. The push tush play, just you know, line up the big. That play's unstoppable. Uh, when you need one yard to gain, have everybody just shove that dude because he's going to get stood up. You've got the momentum. Uh, just, no, don't don't say that. New England's offensive linemen may disagree. Well, I just push it in. Just, <laughs> that's all you got to do. Philadelphia does it all the time. Like I think somebody should make that in their entire offense. It always gets three or four yards. They, they don't overlook the fact they bring it up. Hurts does squat like seven hundred and eighty-five pounds. Well, I mean, Taven Jackson's not a small guy. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. He could have got. He, that was a much better play call than the one they designed. But I will give credit to uh, T.J. Quinn made the initial contact to stop yeah. him. Stanquan Clark was also in on the tackle. A, a couple other guys held him up, and that was the. I mean, look, we we wanted the point of attack, which is something that we had not been doing in the second half. We finally got an, a nice push on a, on a play where we absolutely had to have it, and then you know the offense does come out and they pick up a couple of first downs. Jawar Jordan. Uh, gets the last one on a, on a play where it looks like he was not going to get to the sticks, and, and he made a, a great play there. Again, I think there were some really, really good things on Saturday, not entirely in the first half, but most of them in the first half. And then for the, you know, the, the third straight game, there were some things that made you kind of pause and say, hmm. if we don't get this figured out a little bit, there could be some rough days in store for us in the future. And I think that that probably – I don't think it's a stretch to say that that does start on Saturday. Boston College – I know they got beat by NIU in week one. I know they, they played a close game against Holy Cross in week two, although that was in a you know, driving rainstorm where the game was delayed several times. But if you, I, I watched a decent amount of their game against Florida State, especially the second half. Like They look like they got some stuff figured out. That quarterback is a dynamic athlete. I think that they're going to build around him for the future. Like This will not be an easy game this weekend uh, unless we come out and we clean up some of the stuff that has plagued us for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I want to focus more on the good. I want to do that after the break. We're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some of the good things we saw in the first half, and then we'll we'll get a little bit nitpicky in the second, and then we'll take some thoughts from you guys on the Thornton's text line as well. The number, by the way, is 502-414-1450 if you have thoughts on Saturday's game or anything else. Hit us up there, and we'll read your text throughout the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Monday edition here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. It's a magic number. Yes, it is. It's a magic number Somewhere in the ancient mystic trinity You get three as a magic number The past and the present and the future Faith and hope and Rise up this morning 
Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and the Big X. Celebrating a 21-14 Louisville win over Indiana on Saturday. We unfortunately did have the first loss of the U of L volleyball season yesterday. Uh, the, the cards. Yeah, I mentioned it's almost. I feel like it's my fault because I brought up on Friday's show about you know watching the. No, I guess it was last week where I was watching the the Thursday night Lions victory and at the exact same time. No, no, no. It was uh, it was the the UK U of L volleyball game. Whenever that was, so that would have been Thursday show. They played on Wednesday night. Yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah. They they announced match point. They reviewed the serve, and it was good point for the Louisville matches over. And like at the exact same time, the Reds caught a line out to finish the game. I'm like, it was just serendipity. It, it was just beautiful. Bad movie though. Great, terrible movie. Terrible movie. <laughs> but it felt great. Like it's, it, the same thing kind of happened in reverse for me on Sunday. All in like the span of five minutes, we had. Tyler Lockett hitting the pylon to give the the Seahawks an overtime win over the Lions. Uh, did, now, did y'all get the shootout with them last year? Y'all won the shootout last year. We lost the shootout last year. Too, okay, that's why we didn't that. get in the playoffs. We lost the tiebreaker. With them. Oh, that's right. Okay, I couldn't remember. I knew you had a fun shootout with them, but I couldn't remember who won it. Okay, and it was like I think it was like week two or week three. We were up, yeah. we were up big in that game last well, year. Well, it was week two as well. Week yeah, three, it was yeah. it was very very early because remember it was the same weekend as last year because we were out for uh, my mother in law's birthday, which she had over the weekend. Okay. So we lost that game. Then ended up you know we both finished nine and eight, and that's why they got in the playoffs over us, even though we were. Ten months better than them, so we saved you. you. You got a Super Bowl appearance out of us losing that tiebreaker last year. Congrats, Trevor! But um, <laughs> you would have beaten us. We would have. We would have gone to the Super Bowl last year. But so that happens at like almost Thank the you. exact same time. The uh, UVA volleyball team falls to Stanford in five sets, and then like ten minutes later, Daniel Vogel's back hits a triple to clear the bases, and you know the, the Reds are down. And then right, like literally right as that ball hit the pylon for the touchdown, John starts screaming bloody murder and gets up from his nap. So I'm like, I'm Mary and, and Virginia are out. I'm like, oh, this is the absolute worst. So it was a rough Sunday sports-wise, but it's okay. I, I liked that Danny Buscombe Kelly seemed to be very upbeat after the loss. They, I mean, they really – I watched a decent amount of, of the match on Sunday. They dominated Stanford for the first two sets, and then Stanford just kind of flipped a switch and was just better. And the, the, the fifth set kind of went back and forth, and they took advantage late and, and ended up winning, I think, 15-12 in the final set. But Danny Buscombe Kelly seemed to be pretty upbeat. She's like, we're only going to get better. They're a very good team. We might see them in December. They also, I don't know if it's been announced, they, they also had a huge recruiting victory yesterday. And, and she's, nice. I think she's very excited about the future of UofL volleyball, not just this season, but uh, us remaining a national title contender and beyond. What was the attendance? I, I, no, I, I, it was just shy of 10,000. Good, that's good, good. I, I didn't think it'd be Kentucky, but, you know, being a fact it's Sunday, NFL Sunday as well, I thought it would take a little hit, but having that still, it's a good crowd. Good, I'm glad. It was. I mean, it I kind of forgot about the game, though, myself. I mean, it's... You could tell, I mean, you you, you could tell watching it on ESPN2 that, like, it, it didn't look the way it did on Wednesday night when it was well, Kentucky. I mean, yeah. There were some more open spots, but just to get a nice crowd, it was, it was, it was good to see, because it is tougher to get fans out there on a football Sunday and... You know, not a rivalry match. Although now they, this is a conference rivalry, but we'll be fine. Volleyball, we'll, we'll be fine. But it was tough to see them take that L. And also, men's soccer took their first loss of the the season so far, losing at home to Virginia Tech on Friday night. Uh, they'll bounce back though as well. well we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But football, no pressure, Brom. Just keep it up. Jeff, just keep carrying this whole damn athletic. Yeah, just got to carry the whole thing, man. Uh, football definitely takes care of business over the weekend. Twenty-one fourteen win. Let me ask you this question before we dive into the conversation uh, more about the first half. Where are you with Jack Plummer now? Because uh, he's been the most – obviously, quarterback usually is, but he's been the most talked about Cardinal through the first <laughs> yeah. few weeks. Uh, he still, I think, is the most talked about Cardinal. Where are you on his play after watching him play for a third time? I mean, kind of the same place I was. I mean, I think was it after the Georgia Tech game or 
can't remember if we said I brought it up after George Tucker Murray State. It could have been either one, but you know when I said like this is I mean, we're going to have those kind of moments in, in games from Jack. I mean, we're not probably going to get a lot of full games. You're going to have good halves, good quarters, and you're going to have plays like you know the pseudo punt interception he threw, which was an example of making a bad decision, just forcing something that's not there. Yeah, and you're going to get that, and you know. I was kind of talking to UK fan friend on Saturday night, and he's just going off about how much he hates Leary and Leary sucks. And I'm like, you know, I, I kind of told him the same thing I think about Plummer. I was like, they're not bad quarterbacks, but there's a reason why they're in their sixth year of college football. You know, they're they're solid, but if they were better than they are, they'd be in the NFL right now. But they're probably better than a lot of you know. Uh, I take Sam Hartman six year quarterback. Well, there's and there's some that are better than others. I'll give you that, but Plummer, I think is just. I mean, you saw it's just he's going to give you that. Oh yes, great play, and you're going to probably with every one you get, you might as well expect the very next one to be. Oh, dude, what are you thinking? And that's kind of how this. We just have to hope that in the games where maybe we're not more, you know, extremely more talented than the other team, that we can overcome it. And this is one example of Indiana game where I think we're I think we have a more more talented team. But, you know, the gap is not so large that you can make the mistakes that, like, Plummer would make or someone else may make, but in this case, sometimes Plummer. And, or Brian Brom asking for a replay. And, <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately for us, we were, you know, we're, the mistakes weren't over enough to make us lose the game. Those mis- the, plumbers, the plumber is going to really come up in a road game at NC State or yeah. the game against Notre Dame or... Uh, you know, I think any other road game or a game against I'm trying to get somebody else that's kind of better than Indiana that's on our schedule that's kind of, um, they forget. you know, Duke, that Miami. Those are the games where we're going to maybe be at the end of it going, we want this guy out on a rail, which I don't know if that's the right decision, but he's, I think he's a good good tape glue guy to get us through this first season. Here's where I'm with Jack. I, don't waste three weeks. I, I, I feel like I'm kind of at the – at the point where I think for the most part, I think he understands the offense. It's clear that Jeff has a lot of trust in him. I think he's a, I think he wants to win incredibly. I think he plays incredibly hard. I think he, he seems to be, according to everyone you talk to with the program, including to Jeff's public statements, everybody else's public statements, a dude who's like, he's just putting in all the work necessary to give himself and his team the best chance to win. Constantly studying film, constantly working hard in practice. I think for the most part, he typically makes the right reads. I just don't think he has the arm strength to be like a top tier power conference quarterback. I, th- I think there are just some throws that he cannot make, which is fine. Like there's there's nothing you can do about that. Like he made a good like he makes up for it most of the time. Like he made a good throw on a I think third and five out that I mean the ball just took forever to get there, but Jamari Thrash was open enough and he he led him perfectly. Like he knows his own arm strength, and I think that's why you see a lot of the throws that have been underthrown deep have been because, one, he's either a second late in realizing it. You don't have to be a second late in realizing it. You can get away with that if you have the arm strength to zip it in there, to throw with conviction, step into it, like Jeff Brom says. But when you have got when you have to kind of float the deep ball a little bit, you either have to anticipate that a guy's going to be open or have a step, or you've got it. I mean, it's just got to be designed. No, they got a step. Usually they got to stop the, the Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He just, he just does not have the arm strength to get it there. It's why... When we finally burned Indiana on a deep ball, it was a deep ball where I mean Thrash broke open like 15 yards after, into his route, and you know, Plumber could just kind of lead him and make a very very simple throw. 
and it ends up being an 85-yard touchdown. But I think you just I think there are just some throws that he can't make. I think he sees the field well. I think usually he makes the right decisions, but I think he's going to have to be perfect when it comes to to reads and knowing where the ball is supposed to be and getting the ball there on time if he's going to put up solid numbers. And he was really, really he was close in the first half. There were a couple of decisions that he made that were wrong. He paid for them. And, and to me, that's kind of who he is. When he does make the wrong decision, he doesn't get away with it. Like when you've got unreal arm strength, when you've got Josh Allen arm strength, you can be five seconds late and seeing an open guy. You can be, you, know, you can make the wrong read. You, you can miss the wide open guy and have to throw it into a tight window and get away with it because you've got the natural skill set. Jack Plummer doesn't, and so he's got to be. It's got to be more about being a fantastic cerebral quarterback. Like you, you just. It's got to be more about. I see the crossing route. The you know a, a better quarterback might be able to wait a second and see if Jamari's going to break free on that the deep route than the left sideline. But I've got to take what's given to me and I've got to get it out now. I've got to make that decision very quickly. I think that's the way that Louisville's going to have to ride. And thankfully, I think Jeff Brom is a terrific play caller. I think he understands the limitations of some of his players and, and can work around them. But that's kind of through three weeks. That's where I am with him. I, th- I think it's just sort of a he is who he is. Like he's not going to like, and, and that part of it, you can work on other things, but you can't improve that part of it. No, I agree. I mean, it's I, you kind of said it best. He is what he is. It's frustrating, but like we, I think at this point, we just sort of have to accept it. Uh, I mean, th- there was the the deep throw early where he hit, uh, you know, thrash. It would have been a touchdown on that first drive when we ended up missing the field goal. I get that he was throwing off balance and he got he had pressure in the pocket, but if he sees it a second earlier, he can step in and make the throw. Like the the issue wasn't necessarily that he like couldn't get enough on because like, I I, you know, I tweeted out like you can't you can't miss when you've got a guy who's got twenty five steps on the next closest defender. And it wasn't because I thought he needed to get more on the throw and the, the way that he threw it because he did have to step up and he was off balance and all that stuff. But it was because he didn't see it right away. Like the the pressure wasn't there initially. And if he hits on that throw, the way he hit on the, the, the throw to Thrash for our first touchdown, like, it's boom, it's seven. You, you know, you don't put pressure on Brock, Brock Travelstead to hit a 38-yarder, and I feel like we see more of that. Now, you did talk about the the one bad decision that he made. was well, on One the, of his nicest throws got called back on holding, by the way. That was the best throw he's made this season. I was going to say, say, and it didn't even, he's just kind of rolling out in his little hop. He threw a great throw. Yeah, and I was like, he saw the flag, and I was like, oh, no. I might have been one. Of, you're right. It might have been his best throw of the season. They threw the flag. I think he knew it was a flag too, and so he just you know, he, he. But he, he. I mean, he turns the hips. He gets as much on yeah. it as I've seen him get on a, a ball. Hits. Uh, that was the thrash. second half, right? I think it was. I think it was. I think it was third quarter. Yeah. Cause yeah, because that, that was one of the big plays that kind of like I remember we we just because we weren't moving the ball right. at all, and that was finally I was like yes, and, then, and you're like thrash again. Here we go, and then you know, bam! Like yeah, I think every little fan knew that it was coming back, which just sucked. Oh, yeah. But th- that was a great throw. The one decision that you talked about. Where he, he could have either run it for a first down on third and four or thrown it to a wide open guy right in front of him. And instead, he throws it downfield, kind of throws it up for grabs in double coverage. I will say that like, Kevin Coleman should have caught the ball. Yeah, like, I it agree. Hits I mean, him you, right you, in the chest. You can get mad at Coleman a little bit for not it's catching it. It's a bad him. decision, but he, he should have yeah. gotten bailed out. But he's also, I mean, you're asking him to make a, a better catch off a bad decision. Yeah. I mean, it was he had two guys right there on him. He did, but like they weren't there when he the ball hit no, him in the no, chest. You're right. Like he should have caught it. He should have. And he you know, he's had Coleman's had a couple of, of those uh so far this year where yeah, I think he's probably, we'll get him back next year. It's yeah, all right. We 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 uh, see him make, I mean we also I mean drops hurt us at, at times. Like there was a you know, Jamari Thrash had a big play in, in the second half that I think you know, they made a good defensive play. It wasn't like a, a prototypical there's nobody around him drop, but that's a guy that you expect your number one receiver, a ball you expect your number one receiver to come down with, you know, Callaway's dropped a couple. Um, it's just 
the drops didn't help out Jack Plummer at all. But for the most part, I thought the second half, it was just, it reminded me of the second quarter against Georgia Tech where it went from our dudes are just physically dominating them. I mean, I'm, I'm texting friends. I'm like, it's been so long since we've had an offensive line that could just manhandle a power conference uh, opposing front the way that we're manhandling them. And then it just, like, flip a switch in the second half. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we're getting killed at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. And you're just sort of sitting there wondering, what the hell happened? The Indiana defense line basically that between Carter and Burns. I think it was the other guy that was just – yeah, we not not just 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 pushing their way into our backfield. They were great. I mean, I mean, and and maybe it's as simple as and Carter's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it could be as simple as and these are the questions that you don't know the answers to in mid September, but it could be as simple as Indiana's defense is going to wind up being good. Like when we look back, you know, they held Ohio State to twenty three. We still don't know whether that was you know week one more about week one Ohio State figuring some stuff out or it was about Indiana. They blanked Indiana State who, you know, whatever, it's a bad FCS team, and they played well against us for a half. So maybe they do end up being a, a solid defense, and, and that's all there is to it. And we look back and we're like, oh, how could we pit, be pissed off about only scoring 21 against Indiana? I think, too, the way that the game played out also probably makes our defense look worse than it did. I mean, you know, they held a, a team to 14 points. That's a good game. Like, like holding a, a power conference opponent, holding anybody, to 14 points is a solid performance, but seeing how dominant they were in the first half and then seeing you know, at times how just much of a – how easy they made it on Indiana in the second half, I think kind of stands with you, sticks with you a little bit. I mean, the secondary especially giving way too much space at times, that was disappointing. But I mean, to be fair to the defense, they only gave up really one scoring drive. That with the, the other one was the short field with the – you know the the one after the interception, you know pseudo pun as I call it, which is not it shouldn't have been, but like that was that was the drive that was kind of made me worry because that was a ninety something yard drive, giving up a touchdown, which I don't want to, you know, on a forty five, you know, forty yard field is a little little, little different. Yeah, we did all. I mean, we did um, two drives now. Let them go from basically their own ten yard line yeah, all the way to our. We stopped on the goal line once, which was nice. But like you know, we they outgained us by I think two hundred ten yards in the second half. Yeah, which was, is concerning. The second half was not. Yeah. Also, I mean, of note is the fact that we've played three games. We've played more games than we have sacks right now. We have two sacks through three games, which is that's going to have to change. We should have had about four of them in that game. He got that's what I was talking about. But his elusiveness getting away from the sack was big in that game. But I mean, the other thing was in the second half, we just had no pressure. Like he was just sitting back there and picking us apart because he had all day to throw. You know, they were double teaming Ashton a lot. We weren't bringing as many blitzes and when we were, we weren't getting home. Like it was just the the, the defense. We got we got manhandled by them a little bit on the other side of the ball, which was surprising given how much of a push we got consistently in the first half. It was I mean, for the second time now in three games, it was kind of a tale of two halves. But the one thing that I will say is We've had so many of these types of games where it feels like we've lost all momentum. I mean, how many times did we say in the first two years of the show, we just needed to make one of about six or seven plays, mm-hmm. and we win that game? Just needed to make one of them. Don't need to make all of them. If we make one play here, one play there, we said it after Florida State last year, we said it after BC a couple of years ago, we've said it a number of times, and we just never made that play. On Saturday and two Thursdays ago, I guess two Fridays ago, we made those plays. Yes. Like we were the ones that stepped up, and when it was a this is a game decider, we got it done. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, you know, I, you, you can roll your eyes at the we just got to find guys who know how to win, and it's more about just having a sense of winning than it is about the the analytics or the stats or doing this or doing that. 
I, I do think there's something to be said for just having that mindset and believing that you're going to go out there when the lights are the brightest and the crowd gets the loudest, and, and you're going to step up and do something that saves your team. And it's happened now twice in three games. And I think that they have the mindset moving forward that when those moments come, whether it's on our home field or away, like someone's going to step up and do something great. And I hope it continues because um, you know, that's been the difference between, I don't know, winning a game like this or, say, losing to a inferior rival on your home field <laughs> in a rivalry game that you haven't lost in 17 years. I, I don't know. Oh, the new car smell is worn off on the on that hire. <laughs> As a certified hater, I will hold my hand up and admit that I I, I've, I was petty on Saturday. Oh, I was, and I don't care. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Miami of Ohio going up to Nippert, and they're doing the whole Nippert at night hundredth year. Like we're the best night game environment in all of college football, and we're selling it out. And it's a blackout. Nick Cardwell's tweeting out, like, let the nightmare begin. And boy, do they have no idea what they were talking about. Because and Satterfield was not happy about them ringing that bell. He thought that was rude. Uh, did, that, did he really? No. Look. <laughs> he was over going, don't ring the bell. I was like, He's making cameras. the gesture. <laughs> He's doing yeah. this. <laughs> next week, you'll get to see it, people. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it's coming next week. I mean, he... Anytime I yell the dogs with me, for those who don't know, and I say anything, I, my voice gets high and she gets all thinks I'm yelling at her, poor girl. It's not that Scott Satterfield didn't want to beat Miami Ohio. He just has a, a chronic lifelong phobia of rivalry trophies. <laughs> he hates them. <laughs> do they play? What are the rivals do they since like, they don't play a lot of state every year? No, it might have been their only one, right? It, it might. Well, you know, the Keg and Ales, which he doesn't, he didn't have to worry about because his team lost to us again last year in the bowl game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Miami and, and oh, Cincinnati play every year for the victory bell, and Miami had not. They, they'd lost sixteen straight Cincinnati until Scott Satterfield arrived at UC, and they were. I mean, my favorite video of the entire weekend. There was a lot to choose from. I mean, Colorado, Colorado State was insane. Which didn't uh, end like four in the morning, yeah, by the I, way. I fell, I fell asleep at the end of the third quarter. I couldn't I, do it. I, I fell asleep. I fell asleep I during it. Woke up for like the. Like the hat last half of the fourth quarter. But the best video of the entire weekend was Miami celebrating and somebody in, in, in the background being going, ring that mother. I, I couldn't hear it. You oh, played that clip. Oh, he says it. You said that you you, t- you tweeted that clip and I listened to it like three times. I couldn't hear it. Which is just one of the most, <laughs> it's insane that you can say that and have it somehow sound masculine after going, like, <laughs> after like 300 pound dudes just bumping into each other for three and a half straight hours and just pure testosterone, pure adrenaline. And you can, and you can celebrate by saying, Ring that mother bleeper in front of your home crowd. As they, for I guess the, the the traveling crowd that made the way there. But yeah, you know, I didn't hate seeing that. I didn't hate seeing Cincinnati fans just going nuts in the comment section, uh, on the message boards and, and Twitter and everything. It was. Oh, Bobby, it felt good. You know, Cincinnati's got next. Oklahoma. Oklahoma who looked really damn good. By the way, and as great as I was two weeks ago in my gambling, oh, all Tim Carver. I was equally as I don't think I won one game on on Saturday. Uh, on Saturday, <laughs> I swear I think I I think I went over like six. It was I mean K State. You're an NFL guy. Tulsa. Uh, I didn't bet Louisville, which if I had I would have lost. I mean, but I did like the under. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I can't remember how I bet. You, said, I, you thought we both thought WKU was going to cover against. I had, State. I had WKU. They, I did. They gave like 66 points. I mean, it was it was depressing, man. I looked at my. I looked at my, my DraftKings saying around 7.30 is about to watch the UK game. And I looked at my DraftKings, I'm like, ugh. Oh, I had, I had, I had uh, Minnesota. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a bad bet. I mean, I think I went over like six. We did, split the, we did split the only two games that we 
we differed on our pick'em contest. I know mail one. You for got me. mail, and I got Ohio beat Iowa State, which was like the one betting game that I felt very confident. The game about. I kept had the game I didn't even couldn't figure it out was Iowa. Yeah, Iowa you kept State saying Iowa. I was like, it's Iowa State. Well, no wonder I lost that damn game. Uh, but we did Iowa won though. We didn't do great as a whole because we also lost. I mean, Tennessee got mollywhopped by Florida. Yeah, that was embarrassing. And then K State lost to Missouri in that last second field goal. So we went. I think we both went six and four. I know Florida's unranked. I guess they were one and one in that game, and Tennessee's ranked at eleventh or something. Or they were at the time. Tennessee's been shaky through three weeks. But like one of the like the the highlights as it was coming on, I can't remember who was on ESPN. Was like one of the biggest upsets you'll see of the year. I'm like. Really? Really? I, I didn't even think it was an upset. Yeah. I mean, I guess by standards of the, the rankings it is. I Very mean, slightly. But, I mean, did you even think it was that, like, Tennessee? Was Tennessee even, like, a huge favorite? I mean, I think that they were, like, a 10 and ten were they favorite 10? or something like that. I mean, they're, okay. Yeah, I mean, Florida was, yeah. Tennessee hasn't Florida's looked supposed to be way down this year, but Tennessee, has, Tennessee had looked shaky through the first couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. I mean, clearly they're missing their hooker. Uh, okay. Last. Uh, well, they, they are. You took their hooker. We did. She, he went to Detroit. He went to Detroit. And we're not really using him. We got a Teddy in place. Couple last thoughts here before we're going to give you the text line coming at the start of the four o'clock hour. I do want to play Jeff Brom's press conference today. It's in the second half of next hour because I thought he said some some good things, and it, it's not too long. I like to hear. Actually, I didn't get to listen to it because I was listening to IU and Don Fisher. And, well, I meant today's press conference. Oh, okay. We were talking more. He talks a little bit about the. The game on Saturday, but a little bit about BC as well. Wait, Don uh, Fisher's eyes are really and give some out. updates. One thing that he did say today that I will mention is he noted, you know, Jawar has gotten seven carries through his first two games. So seven carries in both of his first two games. He did mention that Jawar's been a little bit banged up, which he had not alluded to at any point in the past. Said yeah, they took it easy with him on practice last week. They knew they were going to have to use him, but he feels so confident in the entire running back room, which it makes sense why Jordan's had a little bit of a lighter workload through the first two weeks now that he, he has said that because it sounds like he's been a little bit banged up but uh, uh, we have to give a shout out to Cameron Kelly our secondary speaking of banged up you know two safeties have been out the entire year most notably MJ Griffin uh, who was your best safety last season Cam Kelly you bring him over from UNC uh, Devin Neal stepped up from Baylor and Kelly who was named today the ACC defensive back of the week he made a couple of really big plays uh tackling at the line of scrimmage and had the big interception for us. I thought he was tremendous. Um, I did think Jordan played a, a great game. It was nice to see Maurice Turner back out there. We completed a pass to a tight end besides Joey Gatewood, which was nice to see. Josh Lifson had, I think, the first completion of the game. Yeah, then, he did. You're right, yeah. If there was one like, individual disappointment, Jamari Thrash at halftime was, I think, I don't have the, the Kelly Dickey tweet in front of me, but he was like 36 yards short of breaking Harry Douglas's single-game record for receiving yards. Uh, Harry said it in the, that 07 Kentucky game that we lost. But it seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was going to set all sorts of records. He didn't have a catch in the second half, which was a little bit disappointing. He had the one touchdown that we mentioned earlier that got waved off by the holding call. But I'm I, sure they were doubled. I mean, every time he went out there, probably putting two safeties over top of him. And I think you know Plummer he had a lot of pressure on him in the second half. He had less time to look downfield, and Jamari is our, our downfield guy. Uh, so he's a lot more short passes and a lot of things that just didn't work. But, I mean, Jamari Thrash is as good as advertised. He, he's who we wanted him to be. He's proving that week after week after week. Uh, he was tremendous. I thought Amari Huggins-Bruce also stepped up and made a couple of, of really nice catches when some other guys weren't stepping up. Uh, Want to see more from Kevin Coleman moving forward. But for the most part, I thought offensively, you didn't feel worse about anything that you thought you knew going into that game. Correct? Yeah, no. I still feel good about our weapons. I still feel good about our line, despite the fact that they, you know, 
were not great during the third quarter. He's like, we're going to have – this isn't going to be the, the last game we have in this match. I mean, it sucked that it wasn't the first. I mean, it was Georgia Tech, you know, took us to down to the, kind of the wire and made us sweat a little bit. We're going to have a couple more of these like this, ladies and For gentlemen. Sure. We're going to have a few of them, probably more than we want. Now, the, the, the difference is is that, you know, between what we can see this year and what, you know, for the most part Satterfield did, was we need to win most of these. And I feel very confident with Brom and his coaching staff, as long as he you know, doesn't listen to Brian up in the booth, that we're going we're gonna to get that. Why is Brian challenging players? I mean, say, come on. I, what Really, what was the worst coaching call? Tom Allen's play call on fourth and goal or trying to challenge that, that, that fumble? Which, to be fair, it was not Brian challenging. It was the defensive staff that was like going nuts, apparently, saying, like, we got it, we got it, you got to overturn it. Like Brian but, yeah, I will it. blame anything that I can on Brian. So I, I, I choose to blame Brian, but I don't know who – I don't know what they thought they saw that like made it so obvious when you, you watch it and you're like, I'm pretty sure they just recovered it. Anyways. I mean, I mean I neither just, here nor there. <laughs> We're okay. Everything's fine. You know who else is three no, by the way? Who's that? My, the Braum Bombers in my in my fantasy college football league. Nice. Love Only it. undefeated team left, baby. Look at you. Three and oh. Th- leading g- the league in scoring at five hundred and fifty six points. Eat that, TK's mom, lover, whatever your team name was. She's one and two. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to regret inviting you to that league because you're taking over. Of course, my team is led by basically uh, Washington, Louisville, and uh, the the one running back from UK. Pretty solid combination so far. Yeah, not too bad. I'm so glad that we can trash on Satterfield a little bit now. Because I, I was after, – I mean, after they, they, might, they up, might get worse next week, too. After they went up to Pitt and won, which, by the way, Pitt looked terrible against West Virginia, so I'm thinking Pitt just may stink. I'm thinking, yeah. Uh, the who's the, the the defensive back that we recruited here is from Louisville. I can't remember his name now. Bailey, I think, uh, who played for West Virginia after the game. There, he's in his, the press conference. He's like, "We knew the Pitt quarterback wasn't very good at his job, so we could." I was like, "Jesus!" But Pitt looks bad. I was just worried after last week, though. I was like, I can't deal with a situation where Scott Satterfield is Big 12 Coach of the Year or something this season after they're picked to finish second to last. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. We can go back to the player haters ball. That feels good. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton's text line. Your thoughts on what you saw Saturday or whatever else is on your mind. 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Happy Monday to you from all of us here at the Big X. Song you play it was that? Did they have three involved in it somehow? Yeah, it was uh, three little birds. Oh, okay. People forget that's the name of the song. Would I see? Yeah, I, I, no, I always think it's the uh, "Don't Worry, Be Happy" song or whatever. No, yeah. I always thought it was like every little thing's gonna be all right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's actually called Three Little Birds. Yeah. Okay. And I can't watch this company anymore now without thinking of the Family Guy. It's Joyce Dewitt. That's the, I know you're probably like a few people get this reference that I'm talking about when they're like hiding. I'm familiar in a, with the scene. Yeah, yeah. She like pops out. It's like, that's where you've been. <laughs> All right, Thornton's sex line is 502-414-1450. Reminder, text line. Oh, thank you. Just making sure. Thornton's sex line, also known as the sex line.
<laughs> Thornton took it for the best deals all summer long, not when it comes to sex, but also when it comes to gas and treats inside any one of the They'll areas. Fill you up, but not that way. <laughs> 95,333 area Thornton's locations. All you have to do to take advantage is download the Refreshing Rewards app, become a Refreshing Rewards program member today, and you'll save some money at the pump and save some money inside uh, any Thornton's location, and then you'll text us at 502-414-1450. We share our thoughts on what happened on Saturday in Louisville's Indianapolis victory over Indiana. Now I want to hear from you. 502-414-1450. Texter says, 3-0 for the first time in seven years. Was it pretty? No. But it's easier to talk through a win rather than a loss. The team has issues, but two wins away from home against Power 5 teams so far is a great start in the Braum era. Let's fix it and keep stacking wins. I mean, that's a, another part, too, is I guess I still can't figure out if technically the Georgia Tech was a road game because no. we said it wasn't and they said it was. Um, based on conference scheduling, it should be a road game, but I don't know what it is officially. But we've basically played two games that you could make a case were road games, certainly the first one. And then I know we probably this had – This was could I mean, it should have been a road game. It's Indianapolis. It's Indianapolis, but I think it sounded like from everything that I, I heard, we had about as many fans as they did, and our fans were, were louder. Our I think there was tw- fan base doesn't care. Yeah, I think there was like 28,000 fans there total. So it didn't feel as much of a like true road game as maybe the Georgia Tech game did. But still, two wins over two power conference teams away from home, that's nothing to just roll your eyes at. That's a, a pretty solid accomplishment this early in the season, especially with a brand-new coaching staff and a lot of new players on this roster. I saw somebody I knew at the game I hadn't seen her since I like, worked at Pizza Box back in like 20 years ago. I was like, God, that's okay, I know her. And I look it up it's like, just to see her Facebook account. She's at the Louisville game. I'm like, hey. Boom. Boom. I'm not being creepy, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> the years have treated you well. I recognized you. Go cards. 20 years later. <laughs> I paused it for like seven minutes on the TV to make sure it was you, and then I like even gave you a little kiss. <laughs> 20 minutes. Wow. Well, I'm no young man. <laughs> Sexter says. Uh, one... Sexter? I swear I'm hearing this. I said Texter. Texter oh. says. Oh, man. I'm just having a weird day then. You're just super horny after going 3-0. and I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. My first half play calling had me going. It too. does get the juices flowing. I'm not gonna lie. Dexter says one shout out to the women's basketball team for trying to get the wave going in the student section at the UK volleyball game. Props to them. Two, the IU band kept playing the Jaws theme, which was weird considering one of our better players is nicknamed Jaws. They finally realized it and stopped doing it after he scored. Three, having to take a timeout due to crowd noise at a neutral site game in your own state is pathetic. Four, please no more cardiac cards. I, this isn't no, the last you're time. Not gonna, yeah, you As might, I say. Yeah. We've got at least four or five more games that I feel like are going to be nip and tuck in the, the fourth quarter with this team. I agree 100%. Uh, also, I agree with the shout-out to trying to start to – are you anti-wave? Eh. I mean, I feel like it's – The only time I'm anti-wave is if it's like a huge moment in a huge game. Like We don't need the wave thing. That's That's true, yeah. Let's do it blowout or you know, good or bad. Yeah, it's, it's easy to ignore. Just don't pay attention and to it. And also, I don't know if the IU band even knows that – I don't think they stopped because he scored. I think they stopped because they got they played it a few times. Could have been. I doubt that their band director is like following our roster nicknames enough to know that like well, that's, that's on him. <laughs> Got to do your homework. You you know, this team so far at least reminds me of it a little bit is that 2014 Louisville team, Petrino's 2.0's first team, where <laughs> like the offense just. And look, I don't think we're going to go back and forth between quarterbacks because that was the year Will Gardner started at quarterback and then Reggie Bonifant played, and we kind of went back and forth and then ended the season with Kyle Boland starting at quarterback because both the other guys had gotten hurt. Like Jack Plummer, I think, is going to be the guy this entire season. But the, but the offense, I feel like you're going to have to work around some limitations. It's going to have to be a team that plays 
really well defensively most against the better teams to stay in it. And I, I do think we're going to have a chance. I think it's going to be one of those seasons because that team went 9-3, and three, and there were like six games that year that, that could have easily been flipped in the fourth quarter. We should have – I mean, we really didn't get blown out. We should have beaten Florida State. We had a chance to beat Clemson, uh, and then we lost to Virginia because James Quick fumbled a punt. Like, we had – we were in all those games, but we also had four or five games that were – Games that you could have said, well, we could have easily lost that game. I feel like this team's going to be that same way. And if they can just find a way to win a solid chunk of those games like they have already this year, this could easily be an 8-9, maybe even more win team. With this team, this coach staff, everything's the same except for one thing. Would you take Malik Cunningham back for one more year instead of Jack, Jack Plummer? Oh, man. I feel like I haven't seen enough of, of Jack still to answer that question because my answer right now would be yes. I mean, we talk about Jack, the anxiety of his, you know, missing throws. I mean, he's four interceptions, five to even though one interception is the 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 bomb at the half, so we'll give him a yeah. slide on that. But still, five to three is not a, a you know ratio you want. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Cunningham's more agile, obviously, and and, and run with it. But I mean, is he really any better throwing the ball than Plummer has been? I think they're pretty. Similar. I think, the, I think I think Jack's probably more accurate in the short game. I think Malik throws the ball. He's got a better arm. Uh, Texture says, you're definitely contaminated, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, we're, keep, we're keeping you away from him. Now, I, I, know, I, I do love how At least he's in here. I, I, <laughs> yeah, at least he doesn't care what kind of – I get my dog sick, dude. We're going to have issues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do love how you came in and you were like, I'm contagious. Stay away. By the way, which one's Roush's Mike? That's what exactly I was what like, I said. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? I'm going to lick that thing. <laughs> why You're is, like uh, Elaine when she's the, the germaphobe. <laughs> why is KRC taking shots at black people, apparently, according to the text line? Yeah, what, what's... Uh, scoots. I mean... <laughs> just are you mad at... Are you still that mad at how you lost? <laughs> Jesus, Roush told that whole Dion Cannell story. I didn't know that Dion Sanders tweeted that, not Dion himself. <laughs> <laughs> what are they... What's going on at KRC today? I'm just tracking these texts. <laughs> anyway, uh, Texas says, I've never had they hand did foot. win, they know, right? I mean, yeah, they Texas, looked okay. Like 35 threes. Nothing, yeah, I mean, nothing, it wasn't nothing. the prettiest Covered. win, but yeah. Texas I've never had hand, foot, and mouth before, Mike, but I had a really bad bout with shingles where the nausea and pain was pretty bad. Eating and drinking was hard, but I ended up getting a mobile IV to come to my house. It's pretty expensive, so I only used it once, but it did help. Just something to keep in mind since you could be house-ridden. I will keep, I'll, I'll write it down. Texas to my cards family. I broke down and bought a Coach Prime hoodie. Colorado is my second team. No, the Dion stuff is nuts, man. I mean, he's it got is. like like people are 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 going nuts. Like he had, I mean, I saw he had Kawhi Leonard on the side. they were like, he got Kawhi Leonard to Colorado. He's like Kawhi doesn't even want to go to Kawhi games. He's going to Colorado games. Get Master P there. Little Wayne let him onto the field. They had some rapper that I've never heard of did like a post game. Uh, okay. Thing in, in their locker room, concert in their locker the best room. Was, who was the rapper they were talking to on the sideline when a play happened? Like it's a momentum shift or indecisive. I don't remember the rapper's name, but I didn't I thought they were talking about the play and not the rapper. And it turned out <laughs> so I can't the text line can help me out. It was some it was some name that like was, was it offset? Yes, that's okay, what it was. I, was gonna gonna I know who offset is. Yeah, I have no idea. And they're like offset. I'm like, offsetting penalties, okay. And they were talking about the rapper, not the penalties on the field. Yeah, I, was like, I knew offices. The guy who did the the, the, the I've never heard the of the locker him. room concert or whatever afterwards. I I didn't know who that was. 
Oh, I love he. Yeah, I love how they talk to him. He has no idea what he's anything about football, and he just he kind of rambles and he just plugs his CD at the end of it. Yeah, people love Colorado, man. It's, I mean, they're right. They're they're going to get a big noon Saturday game at USC, which means it's a nine a.m. local kickoff. But that's how badly Fox wants to have him for the ratings. And I, I, I like the the Sanders kids are both very you know are good. They're very good. And obviously, we know how good Hunter is if he's going to be able to play. But let's be honest, is there any bigger mirage of a team than Colorado at 3-0 right now? They looked like it certainly for most of the night on Saturday. I was kicking myself because part of me wanted to put money on Colorado State on the money line before I left here on Saturday. Just because I'm listening to all this hype. I'm like, I've watched Colorado for two weeks now. They, they, they're they not blowing anybody away. And they were not the better team against Colorado State. Colorado State should have won that they game. They should have. They, they outplayed Colorado for like 99% of the game. I still think Colorado – I think you and I both said – Probably like a seven and five team when all said and done. They're probably. And I still think that's the way we're. I going. don't know what their schedule looks like. The door's really good though. He is, and and, and obviously, but you know, if you're not going to have uh, Hunter though, yeah, then you're going to be in such. And you saw how bad their offense took a hit. It did for sure when he was out and he wasn't in there, and their defense not as much, but still the offense. I mean, who they? They've got a decently tough schedule, don't they? I guess. I mean, it's Big Twelve. I mean, they'll play. I mean, they've got Oregon coming up next, which will be interesting. USC, I think, will just destroy them. Or I think, well, I mean, I think Oregon will destroy them. I mean, Will, will Stein's putting up like seventy points per yeah, week right now. It's on the road. You're probably not wrong. I mean, then you're. What's going to really be interesting to see is how where this hype is when they lose at Arizona State or something. They've got one of those in them. For they've sure. got. Oh, they've got maybe two of them in them. I mean, they still got to play Washington State. Who's going to beat them? I mean, keep in mind, like we're Oregon saying, State, this, they've got a tough. This schedule. is the team that, that a lot of people said at the beginning of the season was the had the worst roster in all of Power Conference football. Yeah, like. The fact that we're talking to them only going seven and five still is—it's pretty impressive what he's done. By the way, just looking at this in all the rankings—is this the last year of the Pac-12? Maybe one of its best in decades. They started off eighteen and zero this year. I mean, they've got look. Just this is right now rankings. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the top twenty. I know it's terrible. So I'm just looking at Colorado's schedule. It's the best the conference has been in years, and it's going to be the, the swan song. The last, it does. Well, I guess it's a good way to go out, right? I mean, I mean, if you want to look at it that way. Right. Texture says you guys briefly talked about the turnover belt chain trend yesterday. I got to point out that Akron has a turnover tire, yeah. literally just a rubber tire that you wear. Well, I it's also the touchdown tire too. I didn't know that. I, I didn't see it. I just no, saw did, TJ tweeting about it on Saturday, where he was like, "Turnover tire." I mean, cool. So, uh, people were like, they announced this were like. Why is that tire there? And I mean, I was like, it's Akron. It's the rubber city. It's kind of obvious, right? I mean, it's, I don't know. I think of Akron. I think of tires. Maybe it's a kid. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that where George went to, to, to give the zinger to the dude in Akron at the tire plant? I don't know. Maybe. I'm almost positive. That's where I'm having sex with your wife. <laughs> Texture says, Plumber's mobility was better than I expected. His accuracy is average at best. I don't think we win a big bowl game with him behind center. His mobility is better than I thought it was. And Jeff, in his press conference today, which I do want to play a little bit later, he did talk about how before every single game I tell him, you're going to have to make some plays with your legs. You, you know, we're going to have a couple of design runs for you, but there are going to have to be times where you know, the pocket collapses on you and you've got to make a split-second decision and you've got to get the most out of the play. And he did that well, I, I thought, on Saturday. There were a couple of times where we needed chunks of, of, of yards on second and long. Or I think he picked, up a, he picked up the big third down by himself where he just you know saw an opening, Went for it, got as much as he could, and then got down. Like we, you know, he, he definitely moves better than I thought he was. That was the play where he, at Cal last year. That was the play where he got knocked out of bounds, and we got the penalty for 
unsportsmanlike because I guess yeah. we wouldn't like. Well, Ronaldo move. Brown made the dumbest penalty of all time. Like, all he, wouldn't, like, is, he wouldn't like move out of his way to get up or something. I was like, okay. well, no, he thought it was a late hit. And it was on our side. Some people reacted, and Ronaldo Brown like ran over and like just like went at the guy. Fifteen seconds after the play happened, I was like, Ronaldo, like, I like Ronaldo Brown. He's a great player. He's committed some very, very bad penalties in his career at UofL. That was probably the worst <laughs> because it didn't take away our first down, but it did knock us all the way back to the 30. And if we hadn't picked up another, we would have given IU much, much better field position than, than they deserved. By the way, you're sitting down, right? Yes. All right, here's, here's the most un, unshocking breaking news of all time. Mel Tucker has officially been fired. I thought he already had been. <laughs> that, that's why it's just a thing. I, I knew that, they had the acting coach, but I thought he was already That gone. was, I guess, the crap that like uh, was Brett Murphy was getting for He said he was fired originally, and somebody else, I think, I don't remember which. firing is going to be imminent, I believe. Yeah, and then people, but, but some other writers were just like, you, you're fault, fault, giving false information. He's not fired yet. Well, now he is. And I went to the poor guy. He didn't even coach that disaster of a game yesterday and still got fired. God, they were terrible. Police is growling. That was the she growl, actually growling, growling. She just growled, yeah. Oh, what's wrong? What'd you do she, to my she, dog? She likes the Spartans, I guess. <laughs> that was one. Doesn't I like Huskies. That was. I think I'm that, no, because I didn't. I should have. But that was the one game I should have bet was Washington. Washington looks good. They look good. Texas says was Craig Greenberg's Matt Jones mole. The height of Matt Jones mole gate was 2016 and 2017. The same time that Greenberg was on the board. I didn't realize they were friends before their documentary. Don't look. Don't don't do this to me now. Don't put me in this position again. Are we still talking about the Matt Jones mole? I, I mole 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 mole. I know who the mole was. I will not talk about it. Uh oh. I I'm, I'm not. I don't want to get sued again. It was you, wasn't it? It was me the whole time. <laughs> it was me. It was me, Austin. <laughs> so I knew stuff. Before, like I figured out stuff, and I didn't report it myself. I just gave it right to Matt Jones. <laughs> Texas, my only real gripe with Plummer is the lack of arm strength. He often underthrows deep balls, but he does throw a good slant. If he was great, we might be 10-2 or even 11-1, but because he's not, 8-4 is probably where we wind up. Overall, I think he's a decent QB to bridge us into next year when Clarkson or whoever takes over. I've wondered if Harrison Bailey might give us a better chance at exceeding our ceiling. I don't think you're the only one who's wondered that. I think Harrison Bailey has the biggest arm of the quarterbacks, of the nine quarterbacks we have. And I think that you know Jeff and, and Brian see that, and they're, they're you know they're like, ooh, if we can just get him to to polish some stuff up, if we can get him to learn this playbook, have full control of it, and maybe you know, get some of the intangibles down that Jack Plummer has, we could really do something with that arm strength. But it's it's a matter of him actually getting there. I mean, hell, I mean Brady Allen's got a, a big arm as well, and he clearly has a long way to go. But I, I agree with the texture on. I think that Plummer is a good kind of bridge year. Quarterback when and hopefully I agree he's not terrible but he's not you know when things are hitting at the the peak of the Brahmer whenever that is I think you're hoping that you have somebody who's a little bit more you know he's kind of in the, the Heisman mix the All American mix the first team All ACC mix all that good stuff he's our Justin Burke before we get Teddy Bridgewater here's hoping maybe that's Deuce Adams Deuce Adams looks good his the, the clips that he I, I keep seeing every week of his high school games he looks he looks very good Texas do you all think barring injuries Plummer is the starter at the end of the season I do. I do. I mean, if he's like not got married, yeah. <laughs> if he's not, like, I don't I mean, I, I, as average as, as we, you know, we can talk about Plummer potentially being, he's still better than Brock Doman and Evan Conley, who are his two and three right now. If he's not the starter, like, I don't think Clarkson's ready to supplant him. I know Brady Allen's not ready to supplant him. It doesn't seem like, like it would have to be Harrison Bailey, and I don't think that we're we're there yet. Where do we have to Bailey. be at a game that he pulls Plummer? Maybe. 
it had to be really. I mean, he was bad against Georgia Tech in the first half for sure. Yeah. And it didn't seem like that ever. I'm not saying it didn't ever cross Jeff's mind, but he was he was going to need to see more bad stuff from Jack before he pulled. Like, like there was, I don't think there was ever a doubt that he was going to start him in the second half. Okay, and there were some U of L fans that were ready to see somebody else. Like thirty five nothing at half, maybe or something. Yeah. Like that's I mean not, I, I not even that, but if it's like seventeen to three and we're just not in and plumber is like nine. I don't even know if he'd pull him twenty five with three picks. I think he would. Well, three picks I mean maybe, but yeah. yeah. If he if he just isn't getting the job done, I can see him pulling him. Texas, I believe it was Maurice Turner that had the ball bounced off the interception, not Kevin Coleman Jr. No, no, it was Coleman. Coleman. Yeah, it was three. I actually thought it was Callaway when it first happened. Most Coleman because I started him in my league and he got me he's the only one that didn't score points for me this week. Texas says, a tall guy from State. Texas, I am begging Ashton to take better angles on the quarterbacks. The dude should have five-plus sacks this year. I haven't seen was, the angles being an issue. Some of that was Jackson's ability to get out of there. Yeah, and it also it doesn't help. Like If we had a secondary push, like, a lot of times I feel like Ashton's the one guy who's getting pushed in the backfield, and ideally you'd have somebody else there when the quarterback moves up in the pocket or moves over in the pocket to evade the rush there to make a play, and it doesn't seem like that's – that, that hasn't happened this year. But maybe I'm just I'm missing it. Maybe the angles are bad. Texas says, you hit the nail on the head with the arm strength statement. Later into the schedule, the arm power not being able to match the speed of our receivers might be an issue. For now, who cares because 3-0 feels great, especially because we all know that game would have ended in a loss last season. Go Cards. I mean, I did think that Indiana did the right thing in the first half defensively, where they were like, you know, we were trying to get our short passing game going, get the ball out to Coleman and Thrash and those guys in space. And, and Indiana was like, no. We are, we're playing up. We're playing, you know, cover two. We're gonna bump you right at the line of scrimmage. We are not gonna let you screen and quick slant us to death. Offensively, they were daring us to hit them for a big play over the top, and we we couldn't do it originally. And like, the thing is, like, right when I said I sent a tweet that said IU is is selling out to take away the short pass, we're going to have to hit on one of these big, these long throws uh, at some point. Literally five seconds after I hit send on that tweet, we hit the long throw to Jamari Thrash. But that's what I'm, IU was just gambling on us not being able to hit that big play during the first half, and then we did. They adjusted accordingly, and uh, they, they, you know, we tried to get the short passing game going. We just really never could. But I think you're going to see more and more teams that are going to mimic that moving forward and say, "Look, if Jack Plummer can beat us by hitting three or four seventy-yard completions, so be it." We're banking on him not being able to do that. It's almost like teams just taking away the outside shot against a bad shooting, bad three-point shooting team in basketball. And it's going to be on Plummer to to either get that done, or it's going to be on Jeff to scheme in a way that he can find another way to beat the, the defense. I wish we could bring Thrash back for one more year. He's good. I know. He's I just good. don't want to say I'm wasting him with Plummer, but I kind of like to have him maybe one more year with maybe another chance at another quarterback. With like you said, like more of a cannon of an arm. I mean, going back to the the, the comparison between this team and the 2014 year, like that was Devontae's last season, and it kind of felt like you know he, he was open a lot, and then they just they, there were some times where they just couldn't get it to him. Uh, Tennessee was uh, Texas says Tennessee was minus five and a half at game time and opened at minus seven and a half. I'm aware because they got me good. Yeah, that's not that's not an upset. Though. If you're under a touchdown favorite, that's not how big of an upset that really is. I think I called that. I think when we actually did our pick segment, I was like, that looks like a dummy bet, and I'm falling for it because that mm-hmm. number looks really low, and I'm taking Tennessee to win and cover, and it. Well, that's exactly what it was. Vegas knows. As like Clark was once told, people like you that built this city. Texas says, let's not forget to mention the fact that Louisville outnumbered IU fans. Did they outnumber them? I knew it was, I knew some people said that they were definitely louder, but it was more like 50-50. But I'll take the outnumbering. I know we had a lot there. Texas says, uh, as I, 
As me being I heart TK's mom in the fantasy league, I'm mad it was Mike telling me to suck it and not TK, so I can't tell him I'll relay the message to his mom later. <laughs> well, my mom was a worn out. She went to Bruno Mars last night. Astra, she okay. went to, I think it was her first festival since Monterey Pop. Did she have a good time? Uh, yes, she did. How she was the drive home situation? Uh, it was good. I'm taking a She gets home, at, like, she got home at like midnight. Just, she comes in, of course, I know I'm going to hear all about it. And she goes, It took us like an hour to get an Uber. I was like, I'm surprised it took you, didn't take you longer than that. She's like, Did you know? I'm like, Oh, yeah. I knew it'd take you forever. She's like, Why didn't you tell me? Because I wanted you to get it. <laughs> it's you're, you're an after concert. It's going to take it out. You probably paid twice the pay, a rate too, as well. But uh, now they, she, she got home okay. She had a good time. I, she did not get pulled on the stage like Courtney Cox, but you know she had she she had a good time. My cousin had a good time. Our our, our, our favorite listeners say him and his uh, partner slash wife. Uh, I say partner because he went to Bruno Mars. Uh, they had a good time. I got to hang out with the kid, watched uh, watch the Gardens of the Galaxy. Are you babysat? Yeah, Saturday. we got Outback. We had, to, we had a good we had a good time. A little Outback, a little Outback. He, had, he got a junior junior Joy's junior steak. Nice. Yeah, I got a burger. Classic Sunday. Classic Sunday. Watched the Gardens of the Galaxy with him. Then he played on his iPad for like an hour and a half, and then went to bed, and I hung out. Textures. Okay, I think this person is is live texting us during while listening to KRC. Because he's, he's the one who's always good to attack a black man for saying he supports HBCUs, which I don't I can't imagine. I'm hoping that that's not what happened on the show. But uh, I mean, who 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 they would have done it? Who supported it? Was it Dion or something? I don't know. But it also says not sure how you can say the field goal was definitely good. I mean, maybe it was, but not definitely. Was there a questionable field goal? In that game? I can't remember. I've watched that game and I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, they 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 scored 35. So. I, they're probably talking about an NFL game. I don't know. It can't be our game because the only field goal in our game was the travel stead missing. And now I want to hear if Ray Davis sounds like Ed Orgeon. So that's a text that was what he said at 2.30 today. Which, so my bold <laughs> prediction, I, I, I do Tom a, Allen does. I do a write-up on Card Chronicle for every game. I've done it for like 15 years now. And I always do a bold prediction. And my bold prediction for this game was travel stead goes three for three on field goals again. And he <laughs> on literally the first drive, no. he shanks his first one of the year. I'm like, I'm sorry, Brock. That's on me. Brock. Hands up. Brock. <laughs> I think it's a Brock. No. Brock. 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 My bad, Brock. <laughs> Texas, if you could trade Plummer for IU quarterback uh, Davis right now for the rest of the season, would you? I'm assuming Ooh. that means Jackson. But no. I don't know. Really? I would. You want you want the experience over the 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 upside youth. I mean, Jackson was fine. He wasn't like spectacular or anything. He he had a lot of wide open guys and missed some guys too. Uh, I think he's going to be. He's good. He's also in his first career. That's start. what I'm saying. I think yeah. I think he's going to be good. But I would not take him over Plummer right now. No, that was legitimately his first career start. Well, he did start the Indiana State game. Oh, did he? I thought yeah. I thought he came off the bench on that. Swordsby started the Ohio State game. He started the Indiana State no, game. No, my bad. They both played equal though. Texas says so. You're trying to choose between two seventh year quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. Texas, I think Plummer would probably make better decisions on when to pass versus to run sometimes, but Cunningham has a much better arm, which is slightly sad. I think by the end of the season, it would be a coin flip on who I would want. I mean, look. I mean, arm strength, but does he have the accuracy? He threw a good deep ball for us. I mean, that was, that was the only sometimes, thing that he did well yeah. uh, his first few years, and we have not seen that from Plummer. I mean, I think the issue with Malik is he would just make plays that would cost you games. And at the end of the day, it's a big part of the reason why the numbers were always there, but the win-loss w- was not there. With Plummer, look, he's, he's 3-0. He's getting the job done. Texas says, Mike, if you're wondering how to fight hand, foot, and mouth, just ask the Louisville b-ball players how they dealt with 
I can't read the rest of that. The other, the other texter had some texts before the one you last year read about Plummer. Uh, apparently, KRC thinks that their running game is better than ours. They said Louisville can't run the ball. That's yeah, and I mean, I, and yes, the interception I did say was Plummer's fault because yes, it bounced off Coleman's hands, but he also had double coverage and had no reason to throw that ball. It shouldn't have been thrown, but it also it should have been, been thrown. thrown. And uh, no, I did not say to kill a two-year-old. It's just have to try to say we have to kill a two-year-old. I mean, we're just we're, we're gonna have a little talk with him. Just, just you know. You know, you're sick. Stay home. <laughs> just not, not, we're not going to kill. No, no, no one said kill. The KRC really said we can't run the ball. I mean, that's kind I of. I mean, that's just as. We our, do it better than throwing, I feel like. I think they just said the running game is not better than UK's. Well, no. They, and then right after that, the guy says, they said they can't run the ball. Oh, well, we can run They the said ball. Louisville can't even run the ball. I think Jamari, I think Jamar uh, Jordan is like number four in the country in. Rushing yards per game, and I think number two in yards per carry. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Davis kid's good that they've got. I mean, but, yeah, it's – I'll tell you what they don't have better than us as a center. I've heard the bad good snapping. Lord. It was a it was a disaster in that Akron game. Texas says, Spat just uh, – Spat. Spat <laughs> just spent too much time in the Cincinnati nightlife and eating Skyline Chili – and not enough time trying to work on other plays uh, other than running it up the middle on second and long. Well, you know, the culture of Cincinnati is so much more upsets Alley. No, he's no, a totally no, cultural, diff- culturally different city than Louisville. No, he's Spat's decision-making. I bet he does. He's Can we call him Spat chilly. now? Yeah, I'm going to call him Spat. Spat. <laughs> Texas says, uh, I went to Colorado versus Nebraska. The environment had WVU Louisville blackout energy. It was wild. But, yes, they're going to lose four to five games. I mean, like, they've sold out every game for the entire season already. It's nuts. What's going on there? Oh, I mean, I'd watch the. I love the commercial. The, you know, everything's prime in Colorado. The view is prime. The students are prime. Like, I mean, he's, they're 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 milking it. Yeah, they definitely. They are. were selling the sunglasses and the hoodies. I mean, yeah, I saw the, the sunglasses that he's been wearing. Like, they did like one point seven million dollars in revenue in like three days last week or something. Yeah, it's insane. I mean. Texas, Colorado State killed themselves with stupid penalties, cheap shots too. I hope that Colorado player is okay. A late hit put him in the hospital, I think. I did see that the Hunter is out for three more weeks. I saw the kid who had the huge. By the I saw way. the kid who had the the late hit. Also, like they've had to get security, like police details for his parents and stuff because of all the death threats he's gotten. It's I mean that game That's got ridiculous. that game got out of control fast. Oh, it did. Like I'm watching that. I'm, I'm like, there's gonna be like. The ugliest brawl we've ever seen you at some point in this game. I couldn't believe it didn't happen. We didn't even get to see the open. I mean, they got the, yeah. supposedly there was a fight during the warm-ups that because of the Florida Tennessee game going a little long that we didn't get to see. And the clips on, yeah, you can see the clip on. It's nothing really. It's just kind of like, like you know, yeah, pregame I mean, rivalry. I, I think yeah, I think the uh, I think the, the fight between Florida and Tennessee at the end. Which I mean, what what was Josh Heupel thinking on that? It's just if there's any anyone to blame for that fight, it's Josh Heupel for being a moron and calling that timeout. That he caused all that, not one player. That was all on him. It was nuts. And uh, but yeah, the the, the Colorado. I mean, right as and throughout the whole game. I mean, I don't remember the Colorado State's player's name. I know he was having a good game, but he got thrown out for targeting in, in the overtime. Yeah, which uh, targeting I thought was a little, eh, but still. Texas says Tyree was the board mole. It's common knowledge. Have we, is is Sean okay? By the way, after that loss, and we talked to, we talked I talked to him, to him at the beginning, like during the first half. I didn't talk. To, I haven't talked to him since. Okay, I, I left him alone. There was a one point in the game. I was like, I need his number. I got to call him. Yeah, he was excited early on, but <laughs> less excited as things went down. Texas says your mom isn't worn out from the concert, big guy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
Texas, I want to see more power run. I think we have the personnel to wear teams out. Well, I mean, you're not going to. I mean, you, you'll, you'll see a little. Like, we're not going to be a pow- Jeff Brom's not going to have a power run offense. No, but this team definitely has to be an offense that is based off the the pass game is based off the run. I think in the past, and what Brom wants more is the run game to set up, the pass game to set up the run. This is gonna. This is a run team. This is a game. The team is going to be the run set up the pass. It should. It hasn't happened yet. I mean, we we are. If you look at the the the, we're throwing it decently more than we're running it so far this season. Like our we're not a balanced offense according to like the the metrics. When you have those little graphs, like we are very much on the pass heavy side through three games. But I think ideally, yeah, you'd love to have. I mean, we have a we've got three really good running backs. I think and a solid offensive line. Texas, our special teams play with garbage on Saturday. They were. Travel said missed the field goal, and then we had the he shanked a punt. He'd been so good up until this point. I know it was just two games. But. How many punts has he had this season? Well, he had because I feel like he hadn't punted that much, and then when he, he like shanked six it, I was like six what? against Georgia Tech. He punted well against Georgia Tech. Yeah, that, yeah, the shank was bad. Shank was real bad, and that came at a, it came at a bad time too. When we were I trying know. to like keep them from seizing totally moment total momentum, and that didn't help. Texas Rutherford, if your wife was a Bruno Mars fan and wanted to go, would you go? Yes. I have no problem going to a Bruno Mars show. You just stayed home. Talented. You didn't go to Taylor Swift with her. I didn't. I didn't. Well, I didn't get tickets. She got offered by a friend. I would have gone to Taylor Swift. Texas says they were talking about the field goal in Iowa State, Ohio. Oh, that's what it was. Texas, yes, Kersey was saying we can't run the ball. Come on. <laughs> Texas says I can't read that. <laughs> Texas says most important thing for Plummer will be to stay healthy. He underthrew multiple routes, but I'll be fair. He couldn't take a full stride either. Really just needs to make faster decisions. I think that's true. I think he did a better job of that on Saturday. Like he, he seemed to be quicker with getting the ball out, quicker reading the defense, and it, the first half it worked great. I'm trying to think what you couldn't read. I don't see anything bad. The, the very last one. I can't say that word. <laughs> oh, the, the coach one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sean did text in. He texted me, texted me and just says, thanks for the concern. Should have gone for two on the, on the first TD and OT. I paid dearly for a noon kickoff for the cards in a CSU game that wrapped at 2 a.m. I can't imagine. He, got, he has pictures of the Cardinal beer and then also the uh, old Aggie beer, which is the official Colorado State beer. So, so Sean is still in recovery mode. That's okay. I was going for the Rams. I was too. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to play Jeff Brom's press conference from today. He talked a little bit about the win over Indiana and then previewed Boston College and some other notes that I think were – a little bit interesting. So we'll hear from Jeff Brom coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961. Monday. Yes, you won. Twice. Three times a winner. Three times a winner. Three times Suck at the piano. Suck at Murray State. You too, George. Suck at Cards are 3 0. Yeah. We're celebrating today on a Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. The man who has led Louisville to that 3 0 start talked to the media today. 
And there's, of course, Jeff Brom. He spoke for about 16, 17 minutes recapping the win over Indiana and looking ahead to this to this weekend's game back at Illinois Stadium against Boston College. Wanted to make sure you got a chance to hear from the man himself. So here is Jeff Brom from earlier today. We're excited to get back home uh, for to start the conference slate um, against a really good Boston College team who played their best game last week. Uh, found their quarterback, put up yards, had a chance to win. So we're going to have to have a good week of practice and uh, once again just try to correct correct the mistakes we made this past game. Uh, continue to find ways to be more efficient in all three segments and see if we can come out and play as clean as game as possible and, and find a way to win. Well, you definitely, uh, based on the last game, uh, they can play football. Um, they're well coached. Uh, they've made corrections over the first couple of weeks and uh, played their best game. So that's a sign of a, a good football team. Like I said, I think they found their, their quarterback who um, can run around, make plays, threw for over 300 yards, ran for almost 100 yards in the last game against one of the top teams in the country. So, um, you know, we'll have our hands full and, uh, you know, we'll have to figure out ways to, to be efficient, like I said. and. Uh, clean things up as much as we can and, and find ways to score and get stops. But uh, this will be a you know a really good test for us. Jeff, w when you look at them on tape, their quarterback, what, what do you see with him and how big is it to contain him and keep him, uh, you know, kind of bottled up? Well, if you base it on the last game, you know, he looked like a more athletic Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, he can run around and make plays. He can throw the football. He can distribute it. Uh, he had a really good football game uh, against a good defense. So I think that, uh, you know, when, when you have a quarterback who's playing well and, and confident, it, it really can carry the team. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to find ways to disrupt him and uh, account for him in the run game as well uh, and, and, and challenge routes and, and figure out ways to get after the quarterback. So it'll, it'll be a... Um, you know, a really good test for our defense. After three games, what are the primary things that you've learned about your team? Well, the main thing is I think uh, our guys really work hard. Uh, they're willing to fight and scrap and find a way to win. Uh, they're um, not afraid to look in the mirror after every game and point the finger at ourselves first and figure out what we can fix and get better. And uh, they play the end. So without question, Nothing's been perfect, and normally never is not. Um, but these guys understand well, what it takes to win. And, you know, when you're playing really good football teams, uh, you know, you can try to have a perfect game and make all the plays and be clean, but that's really probably not going to happen. The other team's good too, and they're well coached. So, um, you know, they're going to make plays as well. We have to find ways to make a few more plays than them and score a few more points than them. So I just think. You know, eliminating big mistakes, uh, the turnovers, not giving up big plays, being smart um, in how we play the game. All those things matter. Um, being efficient on special teams, all those things matter. Uh, and if you do that, then hopefully at the end you have more points uh, than they do. But, uh, you know, that's what this game is about, in my opinion, that the small details matter. And uh, while you want to try to win every rep, you're, you're not. You just have to win more than they do. Jeff, while it hasn't been perfect and there are things to clean up, uh, how encouraged are you by the 3-0 start to the season? Well, we're, we're happy that we found a way to win, and that's every week. And, 
you know, we, we try to narrow down to one game season uh, and uh, not worry about anything else. And, um, you know, whether you win or lose, you got to come back the next week and find a way to win. Uh, it's just a matter of sometimes after a win, are you going to relax too much and pat yourself on the back, or are you going to be hungry and find a way to get better? And sometimes after a loss, you know what, you, you normally – if you don't hang your head and feel sorry for yourself, you're going to work hard to find a way to get better. So we have to be hungry this week and uh, understand that in order to win conference football games, we have to try to play our best football every week and make improvements. When you look back at Saturday, it seemed like Jack had maybe a, a step forward, another really good step forward in one of his better games. Did you see that? I mean, I know he's, he made some mistakes, like you said, but did you see that he made improvement? I think so. I think Jack uh, really works hard. He wants to win. He's a good leader. Um, you know, in today's age of football, there's going to be some plays that maybe aren't going to be open or a receiver is going to slip and fall or maybe somebody's going to miss a block. And, you know, you have to be able to make some plays with your feet. And uh, we, you can't call the perfect play and get perfect execution every time. In order to do that, you have to be smart with the football and, and learn when to tuck it and run and buy some time to, to allow some guys to get open. I thought he did a much better job of that. You know, he's got to get us some yards in the running game. You know, we Every, before every game, I go up and tell them, hey, two to five times a game, you're going to have to tuck the ball and run on a pass play. You know, we'll, we'll give you a few other runs, uh, but on a pass play, you're going to have to tuck it and run. Uh, and if it's cleaner than that, great. We've played a tremendous game, but it's normally not going to be. So I think he was able to use his feet. It gets him in a better rhythm as well, in my opinion. Um, you know, he made some good throws. We had probably a few more drops than we'd like to, but, uh, you know, he can continue to work on throwing with conviction, standing in there, throwing it on time, and then when things aren't there, he's got to be decisive enough and willing uh, to run the football and get yards. Jeff, right now, I mean, obviously still early in the season, but Jawar is, you know, top 10, 20 statistically in the country in a couple of different areas, you know, obviously averaging over 100 yards a game. I guess, has there been a player that you can maybe compare him to that you've coached, and how does that just kind of help you to, you know, continue with him and, and his improvement? Well, Jawar works really hard. Uh, he's very humble, um, really good teammate. Um, you know, he's a little nicked up last week in practice. Didn't practice as much, so he came out and, and, and gutted it out and, and played a really good football game. He's very talented, elusive with the ball, but yet he'll lower his pads and run. I think we got a good running back room. He knows that as well. Where there's other running backs that we feel confident, uh, you know, spreading the wealth to a little bit and, and giving them the ball and taking a little pressure off him. But you know, those are guys that need to touch the ball. So you know, whether it's by air or, or putting it right in their gut uh, for the run play, we have to allow them to run and go make plays. And Jawar stood out last week as one of those guys. Uh, Maurice had a couple good runs. Isaac runs hard. Um, you know, that room has done a good job. You know, they take care of the ball. They haven't fumbled. Our O-line has come off the ball and uh, knocked some people back. And uh, in order to, to be a good football team, um, a high-caliber team, you have to be good at both passing and running. And that doesn't mean it's got to be perfectly balanced. But, you know, if, if a defense is going to test you and, and, and make you throw the ball, you got to be good at throwing it. And if a team's going to play the pass and play coverage, you got to be good at running it. So I think we're – We've made some progress at getting efficient at both, and uh, we're going to need both of those components to be really good moving forward, and that means making plays in the passing game, getting more guys to make plays in the passing game, spreading the ball around in that, and then continuing to be sound and, and, and solid in the running game. Yep, obviously, the safety positions have got nicked up, as we know, but you've got two guys that seemingly have stepped up, done the next man up mentality, and, and performed well. Um, your thoughts on how Devin and Cam have performed, and in addition, how's Josh D'Angelo? Is that depth chart starting to fill back in? 
Well, we have uh, suffered some early losses there as far as injury-wise, which uh, is going to happen uh, every year. Uh, luckily, we built some depth up in, in the defensive backfield, and it's come and, uh, to really help us uh, because those guys have had to step up. You know, Devin Neal uh, has played football. He gives everything he's got. He's tough. He, he, he understands the game. He's in, from in-state here. He wants to win. He gives us great effort every game. Cam Kelly has transferred in. He got here late. so. Learning and getting up to speed, you know, took a little longer than than you would like. But uh, now that he's getting back in the groove, he's done a good job. Uh, I think Josh Minkins was probably close enough to play if we needed him, uh, but we were able to, to give him one more week of rest. So I, I expect him to be fully healthy, uh, or at least close to it. And then uh, D'Angelo had been out for a while. We got him in towards the end of last week in practice, and he did some good things. And the little bit he was in there, he did a good job. So he needs to. Uh, continue to get even healthier and, and be a big part of that because we, we do need some depth and we need a little bit of, of a rotation there and keep those guys hungry and fresh. But uh, yes, that position health-wise uh, hopefully will be a little better this week. Jeff, you compare the BC quarterback to a more athletic Russell Wilson. Isn't that kind of comparing him to a young Jeff Brom? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's your comment. I do appreciate that. But um, <laughs> You know what? Uh, everybody has their own unique style. You know, this guy uh, has got some strength to him when he runs the ball. Um, you know what? He's playing with a lot of confidence uh, to to put up those numbers against Florida State when they're probably one of the hottest teams in the country. That that's that's impressive. And I think uh, when a team sees their quarterback play well and play confident, uh, it really juices up the rest of the team. And I think that's what you saw. You saw a team that had some fight. Uh, they took. Uh, Florida State right down to the wire, had a chance to win it, and I think they'll continue to build off that. So that's why it's a concern to us is that, you know, we have to, you know, uh, try to contain him better. We have to try to limit uh, the yards he, he puts up. Uh, we have to do things to uh, make him feel comfortable, and that's what we're going to have to figure out this week uh, and, and plan accordingly is that, you know, um, he cannot play that efficient against us or we'll have a long day already in the top 10 for uh, yards per play and available yards. With how early it is in the season and how efficient it's been going, what's made some of these guys who are running this offense for the first time so comfortable this early? Well, our guys work hard. Um, you know, it's important that we excuse me, continue to uh, find ways to get big plays. I think if you want to win football games, you have to find ways to get big plays. And that's either in the passing game or running game. Uh, it's either by great individual play or it's by great design that gives those guys a chance to get open and, 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 and make those plays. So, um, you know, being good at running the ball, having play action off of it to take shots and hit them, and then being efficient in the controlled passing game is all vital to success. And I think uh, we have all those elements. We work it a lot. Um, you know, we got to continue to be as efficient as we can because it's going to be important that uh, you know, long drives uh, and scoring is, is hard to do. Uh, you got to be, you got to find a way to do it. But as, as many times as we can get quicker points uh, within the realm of the offense, the better off we'll be. And I think, uh, you know, we built a, a good lead in the first half. Unfortunately, had the onset kick that kind of got the momentum back for them. They scored right after it and then they kind of uh, took off from there. But we need to just make sure that, uh, you know, for four quarters, we're we're, we're playing as efficient as we can. Uh, Jeff, <clears throat> excuse me. three games in, um, a lot of the pressure you guys have been sending from the defensive line hasn't been getting home and into the backfield, and you guys haven't generated a ton of sacks and tackles for loss early in the season. 
Uh, why do you think that is, and how concerning is that? Well, we look at it every week, and uh, you know you have to have the right balance of pressure and all-out pressure and one-man pressures and two-man pressures and being able to cover and all those things. So we'll continue to work, look at it. Yes, we want to try to create more pressure in sacks. That's important to us. In the end, the bottom line is is winning and, and keeping points and down and yards down. Um, we had a couple chances in the backfield that didn't land uh, the last game, so we need to figure out, you know, what exactly, how can we help that uh, do a better job? I think, um, you know, if you look at us, even on offense, we gave up two sacks, and they really were covered sacks. It wasn't because they brought pressure; they just covered guys long enough that we had to hold the ball. So, having that perfect combination of bringing heat and pressure, and also, all right, how can we maybe lock things up better and cover tighter? Uh, on certain situations to allow some more time to get in there. Uh, so that's the, the balance you have to have. But yes, we're going to look hard again at how can we create more pressure in, in, in sacks and affect the quarterback. Um, and that'll always be uh, something we look at every week. You said when you win, you have to stay hungry. When you lose, you can't hang your head. Your team is 3-0, and people saying good things about them. So maintaining the hungriness is, is what you're working at. Um, as a coach, what have you learned through the years on how you maintain that hungriness when, when your team is doing well? Well, uh, I actually I think that's one of our strengths. Uh, you know, um, we, we try to coach the same every week, uh, whether you win or lose. Um, I think that, um, you know, you have to, in my opinion, uh, at least we do, you know, we treat everything as a one-game season. I know that sounds dull and boring. But you have to think that way uh, because you can really look down the road too much as a player. I know fans do, which is great and fine and fun, and we love it. But for a player, you can't look down the road. Uh, you're going to get distracted. You're going to either uh, feel too good about where you could be going because you played a good game, or you're going to feel uh, really bad about, my gosh, we have such a long hill uh, to climb up here and can really affect your work ethic. So because of that, you know what, you just have to race the last game and the previous games and obviously make corrections, but you you got you to gotta work hard to win. And you got to say, hey, we got to go figure out a way to win this game, period. Um, and you give everything you got, coaches, players, and you lay it on the line, you play to the end, you stay at the moment, you stay aggressive as you can, and then you hope that at the end of the game uh, you have more points than they do. Now, when that's over, whether you win or lose, you're going to have a few people pat you on the back or a few people tell you that you're not very good and should have done this better, and you got to just block it out. And you got to you know, understand every week is a new challenge. Uh, every team you play is competitive. Uh, every team you play is a chance to win. If we don't play our best or we're not improving every week, uh, you know, we're not going to get to where we want to go. So I just think um, you know, us coming to work every day, uh, working with our guys, having a smile on our face at times and know when to push them and motivate them is always important and you just kind of have to stay locked in on that. Uh, I've been on numerous teams where we've started not the way you wanted. Uh, we found a way to, to move move back up the ladder. Last year we started one and two at Purdue and found a way to get to the Big Ten Championship game. So, And that happens uh, you know, all the time. And uh, I was at the University of Illinois last year there as an assistant. We started 6-0 and in the top 20. Uh, we lost our next six. So, you know, that's how the season can go. And if you're uh, not treating it as a one-game season as a player internally, uh, the, the, the games probably won't go uh, in your favor if you can't keep that uh, that mindset. First game was a Thursday at home was a Thursday night game. Great atmosphere. Now you get Saturday. I know that the landscape has changed with the portal and all, but you'll have some recruits here. 
and for that rec- your recruiting staff, how big is it to get kids here during games? Well, it's always great to have them here during games. It's great for them to see the great setup we have here, the stadium, uh, the fan support. Uh, this is an NFL-style stadium with everything you need and more. Um, and then, of course, winning is what matters as well. So all those things tie together. Um, we got to continue to press forward, figure out a way to win this game. Um, and I just think if you can um, you know, build and up those things weekly and stack them up and, and try to, you know, pick things back up when you when you take a misstep, uh, then that recruiting matters even more. But uh, like everything, winning is the, the main thing that we're trying to do here and will help every aspect of recruiting if we can win football games. You know, I kind of noticed that I don't think that was there last week, the sack stick up there. Is that kind of the new incentive now for the for the guys a little bit? Well, we have all kinds of little things we like to do, but uh, you know, sacks are important. I know it's talked about a lot, and, and um, you know, we're we're looking at it again. Uh, but I, I think um, you know, it'll always test his coaches. Is you know what? Let's, let's how how can we get more pressure, or how can we cover better? It's because it kind of works both ways, just like I said before. Uh, but we want our guys. You know, you know, negative plays, tackles for loss, sacks uh, can really you know change the whole outlook of someone's drive, and, and normally you can get off the field and give the ball to the other team. You know, last last week we only had 10 drives on offense. Uh, so every drive matters now, especially with the change in the, in the clock a little bit. So, you know, any negative plays we can get, we're going to work hard to get. Okay, thank you. That was Jeff Brom talking a little bit about uh, Saturday's win over Indiana and then a little bit about this weekend's game against Boston College and more, some uh, more interesting things. about BC, things. I thought, right? Yeah, but definitely, it was, you know, BC preview. They kept it yeah. focused more on the – on the future. He talked more enough about the Indiana game Saturday night. Uh, but I thought some interesting things in there. We're going to take a break. We come back. Five o'clock hour, we'll start. We'll react to a little bit of that. We'll rehash some of our thoughts on Saturday's game. We'll take some text from you guys on the text line and some other general thoughts from over the weekend when it comes to both college football and the NFL and beyond. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. We're covering all bases here on 1450 and 961 with the guys. Saturday, I believe I. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. Not to spoil like our preview show, but I'm. My confidence over BC is not hurt from their performance over the week. Well, you think Florida State's the worst football team that ever? Played. Well, I think Florida State's overrated, and I think BC showed that as well as Rhodes. I guess they were doing their honoring thing for somebody at the game, so I'm sure their emotions were very high as well. Yeah, I mean, Florida State did beat LSU by 31. Let's... I'm trying to think Florida State just said LSU's number, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes, like, Dan Mullen had uh, Saban's number for a while, it felt like, right? We're going to play Florida State in the ACC title game, and you're going to pick us to win by 56. Oh, we're going to beat them by 65. These guys suck. It's like they're twelve and zero and number two in the country at that point, and you're going to be like, "We're going to ruin their season." It's going to be Kansas State, Oklahoma, Big Twelve title game all over again. Best team in the world losing by a billion. 
I, I picture us doing to them what uh, Nebraska did to Florida in 96. I like that. Jack Plummer does remind me of Tommy Frazier. It, <laughs> I mean, it's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> We've been talking, obviously, a lot of reaction to Saturday's win over Indiana. In Indianapolis, we share our thoughts in the first hour. We let you guys talk on the Thornton sex line in the second hour. And then we uh, heard from Jeff Brom last segment talking a little bit about uh, the, the win and also Saturday's game against Boston College. Look, we don't lose on Kim Schatzel inauguration week kickoff day. It's not going to happen. What? That's what Saturday is. Well, what's the what's the event? Remember, we read all the promotions. Boston College is it's the kickoff of Kim Schatzel inauguration week at U of L. She's gonna be in, she's gonna be our new president officially. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, it's all, I mean, this is the weekend where it's like fifteen I'm different th- things. It's like it's like Kids Day, it's Parents Day, it's Scout Day, it's like Military Appreciation Day. If you're a human being and you're not being honored Saturday at LNN Stadium, you should file some sort of appeal. And I'm sure they'll work, they'll work you into that process because we are honoring everybody this weekend for the Boston College game, including Kim Schatzel. See, you skipped the name, and I was like, wait a second. And I remembered the reason why I never wanted to like try to say her name was because I knew I'd just cuss on the air. Well, you can say Schatzel. No, I know. I'm, I, I could say her name how it's pronounced, but I know I'm going to mispronounce it. Well, I, already, I can already, I already see it coming, so I'm just going to you know, back away. That's how it happened. Why is the Bermuda Triangle trending? Did somebody get lost in there? That's still a thing, by the way. They found Amelia. They found Amelia. <laughs> I did see this. Uh, spl- Limburg, I'm going to your kid. Amelia's the whole thing. <laughs> looking uh, during the break, I-, I did find my favorite tweet from the weekend, which is it- it's-, it's-, it's a tweet that is advertising a story. It's trying to make you click on a story. And okay. Boy, does this work. A fan tailgating at the Bills game claims that LSD, cocaine, weed, and booze made him cover himself in poop, I'm paraphrasing, from a portalette, get naked, and go streaking into the new Bills Stadium construction site where he fell into a 30-foot pit only to flip off a police chopper. Go Bills. I mean, I mean, Bills Mafia, man. Cocaine, weed, booze, covered in poop. Falls 30 feet into well, a construction yeah, what site. What on that list? It was, was it just cocaine, booze, and weed? Is that all I heard? Was yes. there something else in there? Cocaine, weed, booze, and LSD. Like, like, you know, bath salts not mixed in there? No, just LSD. Well, must have been some good LSD. Bill's Mafia. They go hard. You thought, you thought jumping to a table in winter was, 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 was the, the highlight of them. <laughs> We've shared our thoughts on the game. I mean, being other... covered in booze, any worse than covered in Velveeta cheese, like the, the backer fan? I think yes, it is. I mean, to they're both your disgusting. Question, it's it, it's way worse, I would say, to be covered in in poop than Velveeta cheese. Uh, outside of we, we talked about Colorado, Colorado State a little bit. We obviously talked about our game a ton and some brief thoughts on the AC. We made fun of Scott Satterfield for losing to Miami of Ohio for the first time in 17 years. Any other gigantic takeaways from the weekend that was? I thought. I mean, my big thing on Friday was all these games against FCS teams. All these games where ranked opponents are picked a win by 14, like someone's going to lose. It didn't really happen. Like We had a few close calls. We had we did have ranked team lose, Kansas State, on the road against Missouri, but that was like a, I think it was like a three-and-a-half point spread. It was. I thought it was a steal of money, too. So we didn't have, you know, I mean, Colorado almost was that team, that a 28-and-a-half point favorite. Um, you know, what, who else? Who was the other? Oh, I mean, Tennessee, Florida, I guess, technically is kind of an upset. I mean, Georgia was... Georgia was shaky against See, South Carolina. Alabama was. Alabama looked not. Good lord, not I, great I haven't at seen all. this Alabama team look like, look play like this since they had one of 
uh, Don's illegitimate shoeless coaching. <laughs> Texas was shaky against Wyoming for a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but besides that, like it wasn't the blood week that I was kind of hoping it was going to be. There wasn't a whole lot of just crazy stuff going on. Any gigantic takeaways for you from the weekend that was? Um, not really. No, nothing. I guess I think the one to be would be Georgia. The surprise would be Georgia. I guess you know I just didn't expect South Carolina to, to hang with them like that in any way. Uh, Florida, Tennessee didn't really. I and mean, the SEC in general is the SEC down. That's so. This you, you I kind mean, of stepped on my gigantic takeaway. Sorry, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the here's what I want to know: is it is it down? But is it down enough to where we're still not going to get an SEC champion, or the best team still isn't actually in the SEC? I mean, I think that's two TBD, obviously. But <laughs> thank you. Like my big takeaway was going to be, and we've kind of trampled over both these now. But Pac-12, this is the best Pac-12 we've seen in like 15 years, maybe longer. And this yeah. is maybe the worst SEC it seems like that we've seen in a long time. <laughs> and it's sort of ironic that it's happening right as we enter into the Super Conference era, which is going to eliminate the Pac-12 forever and take the SEC to unprecedented heights. Yeah, you know, it's just. It is hilarious that we're doing this whole thing where it's, you know, only two conferences are going to matter to a lot of people moving forward, where maybe there was something to be said for the way that the the balance of power was already. Because the SEC, I mean, Georgia, we'll see what happens. It's been impossible for teams to three-peat in college football since the 30s. And typically those teams that we think have a really good shot end up falling way short of expectations. They, They lose two or three games. This looks like the most pedestrian Bama team that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, LSU, you, know, you think they suck because they lost to Florida State by 31? say that. <laughs> but, I mean, they did take a bad early season loss. Um, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, all looking kind of down. I, I, I don't remember what the record – well, Kentucky's undefeated. But I don't remember what the record was. But some of these, like the middle of the conference has just kind of been getting pasted in non-conference play. A&M goes to Miami and gets blasted. Uh, they don't it, – it's just – it, it looks like we have enough evidence that when we get to conference play, the SEC folks aren't going to be able to do the typical thing, which is, well, it's just the best conference beating up on each other. They're getting beat up, beaten up in non-conference play. And their real one hope, it seems like, to save the league is if Georgia Vanderbilt. Just, no. Yeah, Vandy, I mean, Vandy's losing everybody, Pay, too. Paid a little too much attention to the Blue Man crew instead of getting ready for the running Rebels. But the thing about Georgia is there's a very real chance, if the SEC is in fact down, I mentioned last week, they don't play a ranked team until November 11th. Their non-conference schedule is nothing. Their conference schedule is down this year. Like We could very easily get to the SEC title game and be like, I still don't really know. Like, they're 12-0, and and I'm not sure how good they are. Uh, we may not find out until they get to the college football playoff. But it's just it, it's a bizarro year. I, I can't wait for the expanded playoff. Like, is, this gonna be, yeah, is this going to be – because we keep thinking it's a bizarro year. Is this going to be year we're going to get a kind of out of nowhere – when's the last time we had kind of a – where didn't happen they, in college football. I mean, it didn't happen recently. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously Colorado and well, not Washington as much when they shared, but Colorado definitely in 90. Yeah, if you want to go back to like the Washington 80s, was really 90s. good in 90. That, people knew how good they were in 89, 90, 91. And but, Washington, to be fair, has, has played in the college football playoffs. So they, yeah. I mean, they still would strike me as a strange champion because we've had what it's a bit, it's basically been a pool of like nine teams in the last 25 years that have just dominated the sport. I mean, the Ohio State year with Cardell Jones, like the closest thing kind of maybe. And it's Ohio State. They're, they're, I know, but, it was, like the four but they still teams. weren't like supposed to be there. No one kind of kind of wrote them off. I think didn't, they, that was the team they got in. The closest in. we've gotten is TCU last year. Oh, that's the team true, was picked yeah. to finish seventh in the Big 12, not a traditional powerhouse. But, I mean, I 
at the end of the day, the smart money is still on, even if this is a bizarro year, the national champion still being one of those teams that you can count on two hands and say, like, I mean, they're probably going to win it all. I mean, bizarro, though, is, I mean, Washington winning is still kind of bizarro, right? Washington would definitely be bizarro to me. I mean, we know how good they are. We know they have some tradition, but like you said, in the last 20 years of college football, I mean, even to go maybe to stretch it 30, 35 years, it's, yeah, that would be, I mean, that's a team you don't expect to see do it. Or maybe, I don't know, Louisville. We are three and nine. I mean, you can't you can't sit there and watch this ACC over over, and I know that you know we could easily lose as many games as we could win sometimes, but you can't watch this ACC and think that this, the stars are lining up a little bit for us, right? Not if not for us, for somebody, and don't let it be us, please. You mean just like make somebody. it the ACC title game? Exactly. We did get one vote in the AP poll this week. Uh, who, who is that genius? I've been saying for a long time that Mark Weiser is the best Associated Press voter. Weiser? It's not just a name. It's a way of life. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But I choose to believe that that's the correct pronunciation because he is, in fact, Weiser. The only AP voter. We did get three votes in the coaches' poll. Ooh. Move it on up. But I think t- Jeff t- Haley, one of them. <laughs> Halfley. Is it Halfley? I thought it was Haley. I don't know why. The, the smart money is still on like one team from that, that group of you know, Georgia – Ohio State, Michigan, still Alabama, uh, you know, Florida State. Like one team from that group being the team that wins the national title. But it will be Duke wins the national title. I'd love it. I mean, I mean like, <laughs> like I've got no love lost for for Mike Elko or, or Duke fans or anything like that. But it would be great for the sport to have a, a team like Duke make the college football playoff and win. What if Duke got better at football than basketball? It'd be a fun, nice little twist. <laughs> it's a press. So few things surprise us anymore. <laughs> I would love to be shocked by something like that. I don't the think pressure on Shire because the football team's winning. <laughs> you think that they fire Shire if he goes to the final like, four? We just, we just brought another top record. We were in the Elite Eight. Elko won the national You're title. <laughs> Get the hell out of it. Coach K comes back. <laughs> Coach K's like, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'll tell you. I got to step in here. Oops. <laughs> It'd be great. I mean, Colorado, hell, I mean, it, I, people are already getting tired of the media attention they're getting. They're getting the attention for a reason. People are going nuts over it. It'd be a hell of a story if they could run the table and, and go to a national Lord, championship Colorado game. Colorado made the national championship game. I think, like, ESPN or whoever runs that title game would have a longer pregame show than the Super Bowl. Just to talk about Deion Sanders and that See, game. but here's the thing. People want that. Like, like I know they do. I You're know right. That, like, we do this thing where, like, we all get mad about it, and – you know, it was like it's like the the ball family effect. Nobody cares about the ball family. Well, every website in the entire <laughs> world that covers sports begs to disagree, uh, begs to differ. Because I mean, I could tell you, if y'all was, don't click on it, they won't write it. I mean, you know, we at SB Nation, like we had a billion ball family stories. We had a billion Zion Williamson stories. You know why? Because we can see the numbers and we can see which stories get read the most. And if you wrote about Zion Williamson doing something crazy, it was going to get sixteen times as many clicks as a really well-researched and great story on how good Xavier was that year. Like, that's just, it's just the way of the world. And so people are going crazy with Coach Prime stuff because people want to hear more about Coach Prime. The TV ratings don't. They're they're playing that game against USC at 9 a.m. so they can get the most eyeballs on it. 9 a.m. local time. Like, they. I I love during the car, they gave the announcement. What an instant classic. I'm like, what a showdown. One of the games they, I'm like. This is Colorado and Colorado State, two unranked teams. One of them has a losing record. We got kickers <laughs> drawing the ball into linemen all the time. <laughs> yeah. Your tweet about this is me, the, the image of me. I do head. think that all the time. Like, that was great. Yeah. 31 year old father. 
Father of three. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they, yeah, Colorado State hadn't won a game this year. <laughs> and yeah, and they were just acting like this was like the Red River shootout or it, something. I mean, look. Two top two, number one and number two going at dead. See, I can't even hate, the though, sell I, was, I was enthralled. Like, I, I mean, I'm— I watched the whole game. I had no— well, yeah, I, I napped in a little bit in the third I quarter. Had, I fell asleep after the third yeah. quarter. Like, I had no intention of staying up and watching the start of the second half, and I, I couldn't turn it off. I mean, it was just—it was thrilling theater. And a, lo- a big part of that reason is the hype that Deion Sanders creates. I mean, Jay Norvell definitely added to it last week and probably set that whole thing up. But it was, uh, I mean, they're a, a riveting story. And I think they get sent back down to earth pretty quickly here. I mean, you No, they, Colorado-Louisville National Championship game. I would love I mean, it'd be great. It'd be, that would be fantastic, as long as Louisville's there, too. But, I mean, the fighting Will Steins, I, I have a bad feeling, are going to hang 65 on them this weekend because they're hanging 65 on everybody. And then USC could make it pretty bad last week as well. By the way... Just, you know, you know, you get those. Obviously, we love having Jeff Brom here, but if something happened 20 years down the line and he wanted to call it a career after winning 16 national championships, 16. paying a little attention to what Will Stein's doing out there. I think Will Stein's still be OC 16 years from now. <laughs> I mean, he might be head coach at Oregon, but he might want to come home too. Jeff wanted to come home. He did. I mean, Purdue's Oregon, wishing they'd kept Jeff Brom right about now, I think. First three games uh, with him as offensive coordinator, 61, 38, 55 points. That's not too bad. I think about 81 in the first game. 81, 38, and, six, and 55 points. I'll take it. Wouldn't mind it. Plus, Will's a great guy. We'd love to have him here. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. If you had big takeaways from uh, from this weekend, whether it's Louisville-related or not, I did see it is now also officially 50 days until tip-off for U of L men's basketball against U, uh, UMBC. As much as I want to get excited, but it didn't have the same ring as when we were counting down the football kickoff. It really doesn't. Like you bring that, like when you would bring up fifty days the football season starts, I was like, "We're getting, almost I getting, there." I was getting goosebumps. I was getting a little stiff in the pants. I'm like, "Yeah." Let's start previewing the Georgia Tech offensive line. You say for basketball, I'm kind of like, "So Boston College again." <laughs> the reaction in the comments to those posts, too, the poor social media U of L people are like, it, every response is I just know. like, "It's Jeff time, <laughs> stop." I mean, they're doing their job. They're trying their best. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This L- is let them slide, people. Come on. I mean, when all said and done, they're making positives out of this basketball team. They, they are doing. They are. They should be awarded for that. I'm going to say this, and look, it comes with the what shouldn't be have to be stated connotation of if they win early, U of L fans will get excited. They'll they'll be thrilled. The Yum Center will be allowed. Great place to go watch a game, and, and again, all that good stuff. But when we get to the actual, this is going to be the least hyped Louisville basketball season that I can remember as a fan. Like I, I, I can already feel it. Like there's just last year, I think people understood that the roster was was down, but there was still enthusiasm because Kenny Payne was back, and you know we love Kenny Payne, and you know there was mystery. We brought in a lot of new players. Like could this really work? Like and even if they don't compete for a national title in year one or come close, like as long as they're like they're much better and they're playing harder and all that good stuff, we're going to be excited. We're going to support this team, and very quickly the air gets taken out of that, and it's never really been replaced. I mean, I think people were excited about the recruiting that was happening, but there was less excitement about the transfer portal and then Trenton Flowers leaves. The Nolan Smith rumors are out there. Um, I mean, I saw the news over the week. We offered a kid, a scholarship to a kid from 2024, Brandon Jennings, who's a no-star kid who's ranked nowhere, and his most recent offers, I think, were UC Santa Barbara and, like, another big West school. Like he's got no power conference offers and 
I mean, stuff like that, it's just, it just it makes it more and more difficult for the fan base to really be like, let's let's do this. Let's get on board. I mean, there'll be some enthusiasm, but I'm, I'm just telling you, like, I feel like it's going to be more muted than it's ever been in my entire life. And I, this just. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe like the last couple of Denny Crumb years, maybe the, the enthusiasm was, like, especially the, um, I want to say the, the year we lost, one of the first round years. When we came off the 12 win, 12 win season going into the next year, I think we lost to Creighton that year. We lost to Creighton in 99. Yeah. So and the, then we went to, we lost to Gonzaga in 2000. Okay. The so next the, year. the Creighton one, yeah. I mean, that year was like, I mean, the recruiting class was. We were a seven seed that year. We would kill ourselves to be I a know, seven seed. I know. I'm just talking about going year. into that season. You're talking about the lack of excitement going into a year. That's how far I'm back I'm going to think to, to try to match it. And yeah, we did make the tournament that year. Yeah, we were seven seed. Then again, Denny Crumb probably could have made the tournament with last year's team. We were seven seed the year after that, too. I mean, it's just, yeah. We, but the excitement going into that season, I mean, in, in, in fairness, it's also hard to gauge because of the, the where we are now with social media and everything right, as well. We, but we, I don't think we've ever been in a play. Like, but that was a disappointment for us back then. Yeah, and it's, so, still, it's still not in, as low, but it's as— We've never been in a spot where we've expected to have a losing season. And I feel like a lot of the fan base is expecting to have a losing season this year. When we had that year in 98 and we had that year in, in Crumb's final season, I think we knew that it was a, a there was a potential to be a bad year, but nobody thought that we were going to win just 12 games. And when we did, it was like the worst thing that's ever happened to any of us. I'm talking about Crumb's last year. Crumb's la- and we, yeah. we also won 12 in, in 98 as well. Uh, both those years. We went 12 and 19, one and 12 and 20 in the other. So like both those years were, were bad. But like we didn't go in expecting to like you know, not be a, an NCAA tournament threat, and when it happened, it was like again, it was like the worst thing that it had ever happened to any of us. Like how how could Louisville basketball have fa- possibly fallen that far? And now we're talking about winning four games a year ago, and you know it's going to be better this year, but it might not be that much better. And can we win ten? Can we win sixteen? It's just it, it's hard to drum up a ton of enthusiasm about that, and. It's also a second-year head coach. With Crum, you at least knew, like, this guy's won national titles. And this guy's get, been to Final Four. You we, could tell the end was coming near a little yeah, bit we, with the We career, might be yeah. slipping, but still, my God, this is Louisville basketball. It's it's not just about what Kenny Payne has or hasn't done. It's about the Chris Mack era that preceded it, the way that the Rick Pitino era ended, all the scandal, all the doubt about bouncing back. I mean, we thought this was going to be, you know, we, I mean, if you told me in 2017 that – no more NCAA tournament bans. No real gigantic punishments from the NCAA after this. I'd be like, well, we'll be back to being ourselves in two or three years. Like, this will be a, a minor blip. And it hasn't been. We've been to one NCAA tournament since then. We've won zero NCAA tournament games since then. We won four bleeping games last year. I, I mean, the fan base is tired. And if, you, if they don't feel like there's something they can fully give themselves to and have trust in that they're going to be rewarded – it's just not going to happen, and I mean, it's just. I mean, where I'm we not right now. Saying I don't know how we got on that, but because you brought 50 up days, like, fifty days, you brought up yeah, right. fifty days, and the, the less the lack of excitement. Uh, I mean, I don't know where, where Kenny Payne's future is, but I mean, we're two years away from having going a decade with one tournament win. Jesus, yeah. Well, no, we're because like the fifteen was. I mean, we won a game in seventeen. Yeah, it's a one tournament win. So. God, yeah. So if we get if yeah, we, if we go if we, we don't go to the tournament this year and next year, we'll be, be we'll go a decade, decade with one tournament win, with one NCAA tournament win. Good lord! I think about that. I mean, I mean that that's something like you you talk about it like at Boston College. <laughs> it's nuts. I mean, you, you think about that that run that we were on, and we all just sort of took it for granted. You know, oh eight, elite eight, oh nine, elite eight. 
2012, Final Four. 2013, National Champion. 2014, Sweet 16. 2015, Elite Eight. And then, bam, right into a roadblock. One tournament win since then. That's that's nuts. I mean, yeah, we haven't gone that long since before the 50s. Yeah, well, we have plenty of time for basketball. We'll just just keep saying Jeff. Just keep saying Jeff. Like, we've got one Final Four in 10. I'm like, you Final Four in 10 years. Hold my beers, what the kids say. <laughs> Help me, Amari Huggins, Bruce. You're my only hope. That's hey, yeah, he played well, though. He did play well. Yeah. He played, we had, well, got the ball in his hands a couple of times. He's had a nice little a couple third down catches. It was good. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, your big takeaway from over the weekend, I, I do want to take text after the break, NFL-wise. Um, the Cowboys are the best. Cowboys <laughs> the best team in, in the NFL now. It's official. Everyone's saying that. It's a done deal. Good Lord. They're son. great. The Eagles suck. Uh, the NFC North is a dumpster fire, but the Lions are still the best Did you team. drink something out of the Frank's Bridge or something over there? <laughs> <laughs> I saw – I get the Athletics, their, their daily newsletter, and this morning it was uh, power rankings. Cowboys are first, obviously, but who's second? And I was oh, like, obviously. I was like, I want to send this to Trevor so badly. Obviously. That and I also had a, uh, a Foot Locker email that said, like, Something about Ugg season being back, and I was like, "No, that I would take." My email, my email box is just all for Trevor today. <laughs> but your genuine takeaway, obviously, biggest takeaway from NFL Week Two, because those New York teams are just, just, just awesome, right? That's what they say. I mean, good lord! <laughs> I mean, Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to be great. I wanted to be like, "Hey, our, our boy in Arizona is doing a real good job uh, coaching that team up." And then you go, "Oh, they also played maybe the two other teams are just as bad as they are in the NFL and Washington and, and the Giants." One two teams that might be above them in terms of worse, uh, in terms of talent. Uh, biggest takeaway over the weekend? Oh man, um, I don't know if there's anything that really stuck out to me. Really, to be honest with you, um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything that really moved my needle. Everything kind of went as planned for me. I figured Dallas would dominate. Um, I mean, Green Bay's looked a little better. I was a little surprised the way they choked the game away at the end. But I did like the goal line sneak that uh, Jordan loves. Try to sneak without the ball. And then, yeah, sneak. and then he had the, the, the ball start on the quarterback or something. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really. I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm not really surprised. I tell you what. I tell you what. You know, I take that back. Since I did not expect Cincinnati to be this flat right now, injuries or not, with 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 Burrow, because Jamar Chase has not been. I mean. We've got John Walsh looking for this dude. He's been out missing so long, and Burrow has just been bad. And this team is—you can't fault. You don't fault. I mean, I know they were zero two last year and made the AFC title game, so it's not like it's over. The whole if you start zero two, your season's over. I think that's a little overrated, but they—you don't want to fall too far with Cleveland playing tonight. And they can be two and zero. Baltimore's already two and zero. They got to win on you. It's a tough division. Don't you don't want to get caught in too much of a hole. I mean, you and I both picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. And I'm, we both picked Joe Burrow to be the MVP. I feel like this is kind of on us. Well, did he did he get injured? Did we do that before? He, he was already injured when we did that, right? I think we just kind of underestimated maybe how bad I, the injury was. I didn't think it was going to be anything. I didn't think it either. And apparently it, is, it has affected him, at least for Bengals' sake. I hope that's what it is. And it's not just he's just kind of, you know, we've seen it before, guy. Hell, I watched Carson Wentz look like a freaking MVP. He was the MVP. You know, he didn't win the Super Bowl with us because of injury. And he was never the same. And it was just a one-year, kind of a one-year thing. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, I know Burrow's done a couple years, but I mean, it, I, I'm hoping it's for Cincinnati fans, it is this injury and not just kind of a back-to-life, back-to-reality type moment maybe for Burrow in his career, which would be surprising. 
Um, I mean, was there anything else that, I mean, that really – anybody surprised you? I mean, other than, I mean, Baker Mayfield looks competent. 2-0. First time in Baker Mayfield's career he's ever been 2-0. Really uh, I think Atlanta's obviously kind of who they are, what we expected. I think Carolina's kind of been who we are, what we expect. We'll see them with the Saints tonight. How about Des Ritter breaking uh, the, the fellow heart of a fellow San X Tiger and T.J. Walker over the weekend? By beating the <laughs> – Possibly, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I think he's already he's got some Jordan love love going on. So, yeah. Uh, Detroit. I mean, kind of look kind of flashback to last year. Detroit. You want more consistency from them, but defensive tackle we, is, is an issue for us. I'm saying it right now. But then it's the East. I mean, you got three teams there, two and zero. No one else can claim that. NFC North sucks. But again, again, NFC has three teams. Washington's the only team without a Super Bowl though in NFC. So. I saw this stat real quickly from Kelly Dickey before we go to break, and I think it's nuts. Uh, Indiana was Louisville's first opponent to neither have a kickoff return nor a punt return since Texas A&M back on November 13th of 1993. Didn't return a kick, didn't return a punt. I think we got destroyed that A&M game, too, if I remember right. That's probably a safe bet. Because that was the I think we played Tennessee and A&M like back-to-back weeks. But that's kind of weird. Special yeah. teams. Yeah. You're going to see it more and more, I guess. Taking the kickoff out of the game. Coleman returned a couple of punts, didn't really do anything, but I know we at least returned those. But I don't think we returned a kickoff either. No, because the only one they – no, we had to return. They scored twice. What? So did we return a kickoff? Return a kickoff. Oh, they did. Well, they got kicked like, off. I mean, we returned yeah. it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But you, everybody gets I was like brain fart. I was like, wait a second. They scored, so they kicked it off to us. But you're right. It doesn't – kicking off doesn't necessarily constitute a kick return. I get you. Yeah. Correct. That's the that's the stat. <laughs> Thank you. For, it's always funnier when you clarify it. Technically, everybody has to get at least one kickoff return per game, the way the rules work. Unless you onside kick your one. It's still technically a return. You Is didn't it? get it. Didn't we didn't it. touch it, yeah. Didn't catch it. Uh, the, the, also, <laughs> have you seen the – I know that these things are all just clickbait. Not, not even clickbait. But I like clickbait. Engagement bait on social media. That <laughs> at CBK report account, the college basketball report, they just – you know, it's one of those graphics kind of like Big Game Boomer. You know, they, they make up graphics. They want attention. But they asked ChatGPT to rank the top 10 college basketball teams since 2000. And they had the 2012-13 Louisville Cardinals at number one. The 2014-15 Kentucky Wildcats, who did not win the national title, I don't know if you remember that, were number two. Carolina in 09, number three. The second Joe Kim Noah team at Florida, 017, was uh, number four. The second one better than the first, really? Yeah, they were better. I guess, maybe. Yeah. They got a little lazy late in the season, but they were way better. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. That's why I kind of thought about it, but okay. Illinois, the team that lost in 05, the national title game, they have them at five. The 18 Nova champions are six. So, I mean, you have two non-national champions in your top five? Yeah. The 2012 Kentucky team that won it all is seven. 2020, the Kansas team that had uh, their tournament taken away by COVID is eight. 2015, Duke is number nine. And then 2004, UConn, number 10. I just loved it. I mean, look, I've been saying for, for months – AI is making amazing strides. They're clearly getting better at what they do. This is a fail. I mean, ChatGPT knows what they're talking about. They know everything. And Louisville's the best basketball team in the last 23 years. I'm sorry. So the last 20 years, which you could just name basically the 20, like 20 of the 23 national champions if you really wanted to. But like, So a team that didn't even play in the tournament made that list? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. They played, I guess. they played almost the entire season. I mean, but you don't know. I mean, it's Kansas. They could have lost in the second round. The, the odds are in our favor of picking that. Or in the Final Four. Yeah, so I mean, there's team. a very good chance Kansas doesn't make it past, you know, Sweet 16 or so. 
in that situation. All um, I know is Carr to the best team in the last 23 years. That's all that matters, Joe. That's all I heard. Let's take a break. When we come back, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line. We'll take some of your text. We'll look ahead to the night in sports, including a Monday Night Football Clash. We'll get Trevor's pick there. We have two of them tonight. You've been really good at the oh, – that's right. We do have two this week. This two tonight. Why did not – why are week three or week two we have a doubleheader? That's dumb. It's, I think we talked about this last year. But you've been really good when we've had like Thursday Night Football and Monday Night Football so far at – like kind of pegging the games the way they're going to go. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Hey, that's me. We'll do that after the break. <laughs> the Mike Brother for Show wraps up next here on 1450 and 96.1. And 96 won the Big X. Is the final segment of the show. Uh, we had an accident here during the break. We have to talk about it. <laughs> I went to the bathroom. It was not me, thankfully, but I did smell. I was like, damn, I was like, somebody lit up the toilet. And that usually doesn't happen here because there's only like two or three people in, the, in this building that we know of. And uh, Trevor, his dog Khaleesi, has, uh, she let. The big X know how she feels about the carpeting at the front of the studio. I, I think it's when you brought up the the basketball season coming up. That's what happened. And this now, now Trevor famously does not pick up his dog's poop in the backyard. So this oh. will be the first time that he's picked up dog poop since <laughs> I believe the first Bush administration. Uh, yeah, I mean since he probably let one rip in the house, I don't. It's gonna have to happen. You're gonna have I to mean, do we it. Are, we are show. sure it was Khaleesi, right? It was not me. And if that's what you're implying. And we don't know. Maybe Frank was maybe got a little. Crazy. I've not seen Frank since I've been here today. I mean. I'm sure he's going to appreciate coming home and seeing. Well, I'm going to get it as soon as the show ends. I just want to do it during the break because I didn't. You know, I move slow in the break. I don't want the break to end and you know we get dead air and stuff. I'm trying to take a poop out. Yeah, should I throw it out back or should I throw it out in the yard or should I flush it? I'm going to leave it up to you. Did you leave the door open again? The door's open. Yeah. Well, Cleesey, come here. Don't stay in here. I left to go in. The, I have to walk in the, after the first segment. She wanted to come out, so I just left her open. No, I didn't know she was out there. That's why I usually. Uh, I blame this on you. You should pick it up. Well, I mean, I didn't make <laughs> crap. She's been in the studio a billion times. I don't think she's. Oh, she's now she's barking. Now she's barking at somebody. <laughs> oh, it scoots. I want to know what Scoots thought about that. I bet Scoots is the one that did it. Welcome to the station, Scoots. Scoots did you poop on the carpet? Hope you enjoyed the dog, dog crap at the front of the studio. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Why is Scoots here? He came to talk about IU. Okay, good. Or he came to clean up dog poop. I don't know what to do. Can we get Scoots on the mic? Let's, let's, we, we, we haven't ragged about uh, IU. Yeah, hop in here, Scoots. You want to go in here or there? I don't care. Now come in here. I can't believe Cleesey barked at you. Is that what happened? Yeah, she never barks at anybody. Well, she, well, she's crapping everywhere. She's she's barking at people. Classic uh, Monday in Khaleesi's world. We have Justin Kalen, a.k.a. I could have put him on the board and I go clean up the poop. It's Khaleesi. She's going to go after him. Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, producer of uh, KRC. 7 to 9 every morning here on 1450 The Big X. Also noted IU fan. Uh, Scoots, 
Your boys, 21-14 loss over the weekend. Yeah. Competitive game. Yeah, I was happy with it. Your reaction, I mean, you're not the biggest believer in, in Tom Allen or Indiana football. So no. how are you reacting to this? what we saw this weekend? So I told Trevor, all, the only thing I wanted was a close game. And that's that's what we got. Because it's, it's realistically a game Indiana never is expected to win. I mean, Louisville, of course, trending on the upward. Indiana going on the downward. So I really just wanted a competitive game. And when after that first half, I was like, oh, gosh, here we go again. I almost didn't watch the second half. And then I started, and we got that onside kick, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. We This could turn into a game. And as you mentioned, they went down and scored that touchdown and then ended up getting within a touchdown. I didn't actually get to watch the fourth quarter, so I was pretty disappointed mm. when I checked the final score, and it was 21-14. It's like, oh, cool, I didn't even miss a single score. But overall, yeah, I was, I was real happy. Overall, I'd say that's the biggest – I grew up in IU basketball and a whatever IU football fan analysis that I've ever heard. <laughs> I just one, I just wanted to keep it close. Two, I just thought we were gonna get blown out and we fell behind. Yeah. Three, I didn't watch the fourth quarter. <laughs> I wanted to watch it's not like I didn't want to watch the fourth quarter, Mike. I just have I have to I have a job, I have to go make some money. Yeah, I, I, you it were wasn't golfing. ideal. I was not golfing. You went golfing on Saturday, didn't you? Uh, Saturday night, I did, Trevor. How oh, did you okay. know that? Did I tell you that? <laughs> Trevor knows everything about <laughs> what, what happened. How do you? Are you stalking me? If you're a me? big ex-employee and you make a move, Trevor's going to know about it five seconds. I'm pretty sure I didn't tell Trevor I went <laughs> no, golfing on Saturday. I'm I freaked did, you, out. You didn't. I can just pretty much guess you went golfing. <laughs> I smelled it on you. Uh, but I mean, That's the poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the poop. All right, Scoots, you, you can leave now. Thank you, for that. Right. Thank you for that analysis. I'm just here to send a file over. There it is. That's all I need. That was uh, Justin Kalen, Scooter Dingus, doing what he does. I, I mean, I, I think there were Indiana fans that were not of the same mindset of Scoots. I saw a lot of Tom Allen criticism. I feel like they're kind of done with him. This was a very much a measuring stick game for that program and for the direction it's headed in. So I think Indiana fans, by and large, are a little bit more critical than, than, than Scoots. But that's okay. That's who Scoots is, and we love him. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texter says he just told me he's like six logs out there. <laughs> it's it, it's it's quite the poop. How much was she holding in? I, I mean, when's the last time you took let your dog go poop? I mean, she goes out. I leave the back. I have a doggy door. They go in and out. Like on Cleesey. Uh, <sighs> Texas, unlike Trevor, I won over two hundred dollars betting on college football this past weekend. Good job. This day earlier, I'm with Trevor. I did ac- hear accidentally say Sexter instead of Texter. I know you said it. I don't think I did. By the way, the dog poop cannot help with the fly situation. <laughs> there are a lot of flies in this place. We don't need to talk about it. But I finally sent a picture to my wife like a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, the one I was the- like this is where I work. I mean, it's all it's, it's- Kudos to Frank, though. He's trying to like, keep it Frank's contained. trying to keep the flies. Contained. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to keep the outbreak contained to the kitchen era, area, which I appreciate. Yeah, I do too. But they are there are a lot of yeah, them. I didn't think about that. The dog poop's not going to help the situation. Because he was in here today. He's like, He's like, I don't know where they're coming from. I, I've gotten rid of everything. I'm like, well, now I know something. I guess I got an idea. Uh, and, and Texer, by the way, I mean, you, you did good this weekend, Proudy. The weekend before, though, that's how gambling is. You're great one weekend. You're, you're six logs in front of the front door, poop the next. <laughs> I went 0 for 6 with every log this week, pretty much. And then, uh, But the week before, I was on fire, but I was just. It's making it rain. Texture says direct shot at KRC, which has said uh, UK's got a stronger running game and that Louisville does not run the ball well. Says UFL 6.88 yards per carry right now. Kentucky 5.58 yards per carry. He says then Roush tried to say it was because of all Leary's negative plays. UK 6.69 if you take his five attempts out. 
So we still have a, a more yards per carry. I'm not surprised. Why is KRC just lying on the radio on a daily basis? Why, why do they do this? <laughs> they're, they're, still, they're just trying to get over the fact that they, that they, were, they were all excited. They, they brought in Dennis Leary. He was going to be the next great quarterback <laughs> for them. And uh, it turns out Plumbers may be better. I have been surprised. Again, I, I watched. How bad he's kind of been. Yeah, but I'm yeah. somebody who has hand up. I watched zero. Point zero percent of of Kentucky versus Akron over the weekend. I don't think I've even. Oh, seen I actually life. had the whole game on. I think, but I've heard their reactions. I did watch a little bit of them. In the, the The first game against Ball State, and he did not. I mean, he's honestly he's not looked any better than Jack Plummer. Yeah, but I mean, we're still not going to see Kentucky gets what Vandy this week, who's the, uh, probably the worst power conference team in in America right now. Yeah, they're the the football version of, of Kenny Payne's basketball team. The game. Stop. You don't need to do. <laughs> the the Florida game in Week Five looks a little bit more enticing now that Florida is coming off of the win over yeah. over Tennessee. So we might find out a little bit about UK then, and they get Georgia and then, you know, Missouri's just coming off a big win over K State. So the, it, it won't be till we get to the meat of the schedule that we like. I still have no idea what to think about Kentucky. I know their fan base is panicking a little bit because they haven't beaten these nobodies the way that they thought they were going to. But that's not necessarily. I, I mean, look at Cincinnati, EKU hung with UK. Cincinnati beat them by a billion points. Cincinnati sucks. They lost to Miami of Ohio this week. So you I never, mean, you can't take too much away from these early season games sometimes. Fall down a well, eyes go crooked. Get kicked in the head by a mule, they go straight. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I do love, I, I, I had at least two, if not, I think it was three UK fans post their win over Akron, which, like you said, I mean, if you look at it from afar, you would probably think it was fine, 35 to 5, but there was a lot of. Inconsistencies in the game. Uh, in one great play to, to Davis on the the big touchdown run, but I had a few, at least three UK fans over the week since that game would reach out to me and be like, "I think that we can actually this year we can beat Alabama." Really? And I'm like, "That's that was, that was kind of my reaction." Well, I mean, really, Bama, yeah, Bama, Bama doesn't. I mean, Bama looks beatable, but I mean, if we've learned anything from the whole Texas is back phenomenon, it's that when Texas beats a team in September in a Texas is back game. That team typically goes on to just suck. I mean, Notre Dame being the most obvious example in what 2016 when they went four and eight. Uh, so I think it's more. It's always more about the team Texas beat than it is about Texas themselves. And I think Bama, they're done. It's over. I don't want UK to. I mean, if UK is going to beat Bama this year, we're going to go undefeated. Well, UK is not going to beat Bama. <laughs> I mean, Bama's way down, but they're not going to lose to UK. Last time Alabama lost to UK, where they were what? Like, there was the four and I think they were four and eight that year or something. Or? It was, I remember how Mummy and Tim Couch, right? It was they went to and it was a triple overtime game as well. I remember yeah. watching that and like my dad kind of rooting for UK because he's like he's like hey I don't care about UK football that much they're kind of fun and I was like I can't no we're not doing that what are we doing Texas I agree that FSU may be overrated LSU seems to be overrated every year since Burrow graduated that win may not look that great by the end of the year. I also think it seems FSU kind of has their number a little bit the last two years. Well, they've beaten them twice, so that's why. I don't know if it's like a scheme thing. You've just confirmed my if it's my, just my, two games. <laughs> you burbed it. What's LSU done since then? Have they played anybody decent? Um, did they beat somebody decent this week? They beat didn't Mississippi they? State forty-one to fourteen. Okay, Grambling seventy-two to ten. Okay, I wouldn't say Mississippi State's decent, but you go on. The, they've been on the road forty-one fourteen. That's not nothing. Yeah, Mississippi State's still kind of in flux with the whole Mike Leach thing. I think, but yeah, I'm not going to poo-poo on the FSU twenty-one point win. What else you do overall last year after after that game? Well, well, they beat Purdue by a billion in their bowl game. I remember that. They ended up going ten and four. Yeah. Didn't they play in the SEC title game? 
Um, Boston, Georgia. Yeah, they, 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 you read the Purdue score was right. That's for damn sure. I forgot it was about a that. Out, yeah, sixty-three to seven to be well, exact. You, you know, you take Brom out of there. It's just it's it's tough. And yeah, they did play in the SEC game. Lost fifty to thirty. Well, I don't remember it being that bad. <laughs> Texas says I saw the team standing uh, around outside the Murray State game and barely anybody was talking to them. I'm assuming that's a basketball text. Um, I saw they were they were at the football game. I know that. It was nice to see. Some of them were at the, the game in Indianapolis. That was cool. And they also were at the – I saw some of them at the volleyball game. They showed them on TV yesterday. That's good. Card supporting cards. We always love to see that. Mike James, I assume. Um, I know Emmanuel Corfort was there. I know okay. Hersey Miller. Hersey Miller's at all these events. Hersey Miller is Mr. L. I love him for that. I love how Hersey Miller's at the, the, our volleyball Colorado game. Colorado game. His dad's at the, his dad's he, at the Colorado game, though. No, he was at – Hersey Miller was there, too. Oh, he was? He went to the Colorado game, and then he was back going to the uh, – So he flew back, I mean – Dude, I mean, the day that I did the show with Master P, he'd been on the Breakfast Club radio show in New York that morning. But you he can do flew that. flew here, was that and him? then he was flying to L.A. to go to sleep. <sighs> Imagine living that type of life. I mean. One I, day. He did more in one, more traveling in one day than you or I have done in the last five years. It's like every time he walks in a room, it's just, every day I'm hustling, hustling, hustling. It's a, it's a different world. Texas late to the party here, but IU sucks. Thank you. <laughs> Texas is joining the show late, but very happy. We no longer have Roller Coaster Sat. I forgot about Roller Coaster Sat. Roller Coaster <laughs> Scott. That was the nickname we had on the podcast. I mean, at least we not yet so far. You do get the full Scott Satterfield experience, though, if you're Cincinnati. You had the, hey, we won at, at Pitt, a game that we were not supposed to win, that we kind of had chalked up as a loss. We might be better than anybody thought. And then it's... We lost a game to a rival that we have not beaten and se- lost to in 17 years. We may be way worse than we thought, all in the span of seven days. That's the Scott Satterfield experience. Spat Satterfield. Not as, not as fun sounding as the Vic Experience commercial from back in the day, but okay. Scoots was just here. has already texted back into the show. He said, luckily for Trevor, they look older, so should be nice and easy to pick up. Oh, the, 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 he's talking about the poop. I hope he's talking about the, bur- the poop. <laughs> I mean, is he talking about somebody on the, hanging out? Like Jim Porter's text? Is he, yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of half expected, such a great phrase, by the way. I half expected to uh, see a picture of the turds on that text, but okay. Texas, FSU has won six straight and is 9-2 and all-time against LSU. They've got their number. I told you. You're right. It's not. It's not as much FSU as it is. Just they. Just sometimes they. It's just they, they've got it there. Texas KP doesn't move in silence. TK moves in silence. I am very stealth. <laughs> You'd be surprised how quietly I move. Do we have any idea? I got asked multiple times this weekend, and I, I still didn't know what to tell anybody when your scores are coming in from the ACT. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I'm glad you asked me because I did get an email from somebody. That says, uh, Mr. Nola Daly. I'll throw his name out there. Uh, it says, Dear Trevor, you're receiving this email because your student recently registered to take the ACT test. Nope, Nola, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming they saw the age or something and were like, it must be his son. <laughs> um, but it's apparently this is um, wanting just like, oh, to take a survey and tell them how great they are or something. I don't know. My guy, uh, Jamie. I'm going to take Dem- a survey and be like, get bigger desks. Yeah. My guy, Jamie Dumstorff, who's the, the AD at Wagner, texted me over the week. I guess he just totally missed the whole saga last week and was like, he's like, wait, Trevor Kelsey took the ACT at WAG? And like, <laughs> like five question marks. I'm like, yeah, it happened. <laughs> I just love it's a week later and they're still talking about me at the, at the, at the, at the problem. Because they probably had ACTs going on this weekend again as well, I would think, right? I, don't, I think it's only like once a month. Oh, is it? If I thought- that. I, mean, I remember like the, the, the dates you had to pick, like you can only take it like, 
two or three times a school year. Yeah, because it was Saturday, Sunday, and it, I think, it, it, but there was just so many locations because everyone. Right. I think Wagner had four total: two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Then you had J Town and all the other ones. Yeah, so maybe it's. I think both times I took the SAT was at Wagner, and then I took the I know I took the ACT at Trinity. Should, Texture I, take, says, should I take the survey? No. Yes, no, don't give them the. <laughs> Not right now. We got we have two minutes left. Texas, my son got hand, foot, and mouth at the end of last school year, and it wasn't fun. The biggest thing was knowing you had to walk around and claim family members looking like this. And <laughs> picture with all the. Blood. You sent me a picture, of John. It looks sad. He was, looks bad. I feel it's, bad. He's terrible. I mean, he's. That's he's, like chicken pox, almost like it does. Uh, I mean, it's it's very similar. Like, but like boils all over the place. I mean, this is because like hand, foot, and mouth. I, do you remember anybody getting hand, foot, and mouth when like when you and I were growing up? I don't think I've ever heard of it until you brought it up. I don't either. But apparently, for like the generation just below us, like people who were. Young, kids in like the 2000s, it was like it became like the chicken pox. You think it's because of the vaccine they made for chicken pox? Yeah, formed no, it? kids don't get chicken pox anymore because they yeah. get vaccinated for it. So, when uh, apparently, evolution, I, baby, I've learned all of this this week, but I guess hand, foot, and mouth started in Japan and it was like very prevalent there in the, the 70s, 80s, 90s. I'm always so in the Japanese, uh, <laughs> China, Japan. I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, we've almost made it. We're almost at the end of the show. Let's not say anything. <laughs> so it got here in like the late 90s, but it wasn't – it was very, very rare. And then it became everywhere in the 2000s. So so I've seen all these like parents like, – because like, I've, I've been looking into like hand, foot, and mouth, like how bad is this? And I've seen all these parents who are in their 20s who are like, I didn't get it or it was kind of mild for me when, it did, when I did get it because I had it a couple times as a kid or I had it once as a kid. I'd already been exposed to it. And I'm like, well – Damn, because <laughs> I know I didn't have it. I know Mary didn't have it. So I feel like we're kind of screwed. So I, I think kids that were just a little bit younger than us, like 10 years, that next generation, hand, foot, and mouth was more prevalent for them. But I it, I never heard of it growing up. Kind of a lazy name, right? Yeah. Because I hear it, I kind of want to be like elbows, knees, and toes. Knees and toes. Yeah. So I keep taking it up when you, when you bring it up. Because it, is that why it's called? Because it's on your... Hand, foot, typically, and yeah. I mean, John, poor John's got it like on his his butt too, around his diaper area. Uh, he's got it everywhere. He's got it. He's got it bad. I but it, so it's just like a rash slash. It's just like bog. little blisters and boils. Yeah. Do they itch him? I guess. Or? Yeah, it's bad. Can you put like the yellow? What was the pink stuff you used to put on for chicken pox? Like calamine lotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to. What put... What if that place went out of business when chicken pox died? You do do like the whole oatmeal bath. I'm just I've just seen like the the ones for adults are so much worse. So I'm just hoping. I'm really hoping. And he can't, you don't want him to itch because itching is probably scratching. It probably makes it worse, that, right? It absolutely does. You got to put one of those, those like, like dog like cones on his head? No, you don't, you don't do that. Would you do that to you your just, child? You alternate Tylenol <laughs> and ibuprofen, apparently, is, is the only way to make it better. He's doing, he's, he's handling it. It's, it. I think it's way better for kids than it is for adults. So I'm just well, hoping. Well, yeah, but you, you would like him if he's going to get it. Then I wonder, is this something you're going to get once, by the way? No, you can get it multiple times. I've got friends that have had it twice. Oh, There's kids that have had it twice in, in two years. Can't wait. I think we were better off just with chicken pox once. God. Maybe we shouldn't have made that vaccine that mutates into Ann, Math, and Pete. Have kids, they said. It'll be great. <laughs> Have kids, they said. It'd be great. I was thinking about this last night. Right, we got we to go, buddy. I know, but when I was babysitting, it's, answer me this. Like, is in your 30s and 40s when you're watching your the friend's kids while they go out, is that like in the, the equivalent of when you're 20s when you're the designated driver? Yeah. It's like they're all having fun, and I'm sitting here with I'm sitting here watching a cartoon with a kid. All right, real quickly, we've got two Monday night football games tonight: uh, New Orleans at Carolina, seven fifteen on ESPN. TK, who you got? Um, is that Carolina? At Carolina, 
I think Carolina hangs with this game, but New Orleans wins. I don't know what the line was, but I'll say New Orleans by under seven winning. Uh, Saints by three. I'm uh, taking, I was going to take Saints by a touchdown. I'm going to take, take the same. If it's only three, take the Saints. They win by five or six, yeah. Browns also on the road, taking on the Steelers. ABC, 815 kickoff. Why are these games at the same time? It's dumb. Uh, Cleveland is a, a two-point road favorite. Um, Take Cleveland to win. I think they will win. I think this game is going to be a lot more competitive than you saw with San Francisco and, and Pittsburgh. But I think it's also going to be more competitive than you saw between Cleveland and Cincinnati. Uh, I say Browns win again by t- – I think you get two touchdown wins tonight. Browns win a cover. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Same. All right, we got to get out of here. Everyone have a fantastic Monday night. I don't want to go. I mean, I have to go pick up poop. Unless I get hand, foot, and mouth. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3. Go Cards. 3-0. Go Jeff. Oh,